2: fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here for episode number 136 here on Monday, July the 1st, 2019. We're here, of course, to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Hope your summer's going well so far. As always, I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Have well, Quinn, a new month is upon us here. It is now July, second wow. half of the year. July? Is yes, the 4th of July? Well, coming up soon, a few days there. Independence Day here in America, if you will. Axon Duggan Day. Yeah, Bloodsport Duggan, Duggan Day. Duggan That's Duggan. right. And folks, thank you for uh, independently choosing to listen to us here for uh, episode number 136. As always, we'll have some great topics in store for you as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. But before we get to any of that, just want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast, And you can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. But the best place to interact with us in a social media platform, if you will, is over on Facebook, Quinn. Yeah, facebook.com slash social media. Yeah. Very basic website. <laughs> Very easy. It's the easiest site on the web. It's got
1: a search bar, right? Okay. And you type in our vantage point death, yes, retro wrestling podcast, and then tubes and stuff. And yeah. Things happen. It's it's complicated underneath, but right. easy on the top. <laughs> so, you know, all the stuff has Happens and we get your request. Yep. We allow you to join, and boom, you're in.
2: You can post all you want. You can post all you want. You can post about the old wrestling, uh, any topic really about it. You know, we don't just talk about the WWF. We'll talk about WCW, ECW, Smoky Mountain, the territories, anything, even current, even Japan, AEW. If you want to talk about, but we focus on the retro wrestling, and our focus is also about having a fun community, the middle school lunch table, if you will, of a retro wrestling. Group I hear swing. they call it that. That's what they call it.
1: That's what all of the people. Are saying, yeah, every single person um, everybody they ever after every post it just says
2: dash middle school lunch table. <laughs> exactly but we do try to uh encourage people to have a fun time there this is not about tearing each other down like you find on the rest of the uh, iwc or the wrestle net is quinn coined the wrestle net yeah yes. that, <laughs> the that's WrestleNet. the real that's the new name <laughs> that's folks. the new name but have fun there and if you have a facebook account we encourage you to join it. just go to facebook like quinn said Search for it, join it, we'll let you in, and it will be fun. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to have some information on our Patreon account, but we do have one if you want to donate, only if, and that's patreon.com slash Podcast. Some extra shows there, extra content, and it is a really fun time to check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. But, Quinn, we're halfway through this season. And it's been a fun season. It's been really fun. It has. I, I agree with our, that. Our opening segment for this season, folks, maybe you're newer to the show, just joining us here, perhaps, that happens. We've been taking questions from the fans, uh, two at a time, two every week we've been taking. They're not necessarily hypotheticals. I don't know what to call them. It's basically called, should they have done this, something, right? Yeah. yeah, should they have this? Should they have pushed Samu? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe they should have, actually. Yeah. And it could be something that did happen, and a fan wants to know, you know, should they have done this? Or maybe it could be something that didn't happen, and we're wondering: okay, should they have gone with this? So many possibilities, really. All kind. The world is yours out there, and uh, we have two questions it's like here. Like that blimp from Scarface. The world is yours. Thank you, Quinn. <laughs> and, yes, it all connects, really, yes. with everything. Say hello to my little friend over yeah. here. But we've got a question here that was actually asked by two different people, so I thought we definitely have to answer this one. Wow, Quinn. two different people. Yep, and those two people's are uh, Jamie Wallace, uh huh, and the Italian. Filippo Festuccia. Whoa, straight from Italy. Straight from Italy there, Mr. Parmesan himself. So they both asked the same question, and the essence of it is Should Sting. You've heard of him, right? He's a guy. I've heard of that. Should Sting have jumped to the World Wrestling Federation in 2002 instead? of tna now first of all was it the world wrestling federation in 2002 i don't It remember. still was in may was when the name changed the world federation yeah the of world wrestling. federation yeah. before it became the world entertainment world wrestling entertainment get the f out secondly yes okay yes is my answer as well uh-huh. let's background that a little bit so people understand the context of the question You heard of Sting. We talked about Sting. Uh, He wrestled in in the WCW. He was in the WCW. And he owned his competition. (laughs) Exactly. Sting obviously made a name for himself there. The reason people knew Sting was because of his work in the NWA and then WCW. If you did with Flair in 88, that really put him over. He was good. He was one of their main people. I really like the Stinger. He was their main guy uh, besides Flair before 1994, you know, up to about 94. And then he, I mean, he
1: was their main guy in 1997. I'm not going to relitigate that, but he was. Yeah, even like, though he didn't
2: wrestle, he was, yeah, you're right, yeah. until December. But he was one of their main stalwarts uh, in much the same way that a Shawn Michaels yeah. or a Bret Hart was for the WWF he throughout was the a 90s. very solid wrestler. Maybe very popular. Maybe not the greatest of
1: all time or anything like that, but, you know, like a top babyface guy. Right, a
2: well-rounded, well-developed character that the fans always liked Right, Right? I'd say consistently He was
1: always popular Regardless
2: of turnouts To certain matches Oh yeah Like he was always Very popular with the fans And very much near the top If not at the top In WCW So on the last WCW Nitro In March of 2001 uh, Vince McMahon was on that As we mentioned here And Sting and Ric Flair Had like the farewell Nitro match Flair was wearing a shirt And Sting was uh, Still the crow Sting Kind of But he was happy version Or whatever it was It was was just like We're leaving
1: Version (laughs) Like there was no like storyline no, now, no, no. was just out of nowhere it was, it was just, just like they literally were like well it's last night um let's start with how we opened the show the let's first with episode how we started, was yeah. main evented by sting versus rick flair yes. so they said why don't we kind of round about this ended, yeah. yep.
0: Sting defeats rick flair here on the final telecast of wcw monday
2: nitro vince mcmahon while he did fire a couple of people like jeff jarrett he didn't bring in lex luger there were a few people he didn't bring in And then there were a few people that he couldn't bring in, such as Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, because they had contracts uh, through Time Warner that didn't end until 2002. Now, Sting was another one of these people that did not come to the WWE because his contract was with Time Warner until March of 2002. So, in March of 2002, you'd think, well, Hogan's here now, right? Mm-hmm. The Outsiders are mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Steiner would be coming in a little bit later. Goldberg yes. would be coming in. It would only make sense that Sting, Steve Borden, would come into the world wrestling entertainment. In
1: fact, I wasn't even thinking at all that he wouldn't come. At the time, I, I was like, oh, okay, so like we have to wait because the, the WrestleNet says there's contracts <laughs> or whatever. Right, right. Um, and, okay, so I guess, you know, Sting, obviously, would be an automatic... Right. Like, where the hell else is he going to go? Right.
2: Like, well, that place would be TNA, you know, Jerry right. Jarrett's company there uh, that founded in 2002. And Sting would actually, to his credit, I guess, be a main star there for almost the entire run of TNA until now, he left. Well, it wasn't... Did he go there in 2002? Because I remember it being a little bit after that. I remember he... Be- not doing anything. He for did a couple, couple of years. things uh, on the independence I don't remember the year that he went to right. TNA, but he did go there. He
1: went to TNA in two thousand three.
2: So you weren't that far off this time. Chain Squeezer. From what I understand, Quinn, he did negotiate with the WWE, but just ultimately wound up not going there. I don't know why. Let's not worry about why. Yeah, I'm, my guess is that they told him it wasn't going to be like as important.
1: Obviously, Which, because understandably, yeah. Even though like he should be, he's fucking Sting, but right.
2: And he was still young. I'm not, you know normally I get on guys being really old, but it would have been a lot nicer for Sting at age 42 to come into the WWE and lose to Triple H instead of age 55 and lose to Triple H, <laughs> right. you know, like yeah, you end he wound up was, doing. He
1: was 42 by the time, too? Wow, I didn't know he was that old. He never came off as really old to me, even in the mid-90s. He was about the
2: same age as Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, all those guys, you know, Bret Hart.
1: That's so weird. I just, I always thought that he was, like, even in TNA, I'm not joking, like, even in TNA, I just thought, oh, this guy might be in his, like, early 40s but that was by the time he came to tna which no. was a little
2: later he so, was 42 you know what I mean? 43 yeah but here from a fan perspective i absolutely wish he would have gone there i'm sure you do too because think of the matches that we could have seen oh yeah a match first and foremost sting versus stone cold steve austin uh, right sting versus the rock sting versus the rock the mythical sting undertaker even though they're not nearly the same character but whatever I, even though everyone tries to equate them i know them. they're not but i i also think of them like as the phenoms of the respective How is
1: companies because he was like that spooky crow guy like i don't yeah, know ripoff
2: like, of raven you mean the sat in the rafters yes okay eh, sting not, and raven is more of a sting dream and raven match. coexisted at the same time so they're I not know. a ripoff they could have fought, fought each other too in WWE. raven's
1: more of a rip off of like kurt cobain or something <laughs> not rad radford
2: yeah though. yeah not <laughs> rad radford rad radford rad radford at his side anyway uh, so Sting Sting and Shawn Michaels oh my god that would have been great I even I would have that would have been good and you know how I always make fun of both of those wrestlers I would have loved to see that Sting, Kurt Angle, but they're both younger. Well, they fought in TNA anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I know. The, che- I, we ended up getting to see that. As Cheese always likes to remind us. Yeah, Sting, Kurt Angle. Sting, Kurt Angle. Yeah, but that, was- <laughs> that was their biggest names. <laughs> but they were old as shit by then. Yeah. Uh, but imagine like a younger version of that. Sting versus Voldemort would have been good for its time. Yeah, I'm sure. Sting versus Chris Jericho. Sting versus that Jerky? that didn't happen in WCW. It didn't, right? Yeah, because yeah, right. Chris Jericho was in the cruiserweight division so yes he was so from a match point of view hell yeah I would have loved to see Sting in the WWF let's talk real quick here about how do you think they would have handled him he wouldn't have been world champion right because Vince is vindictive Vin- I can't see Vince is short d- for vindictive d- d-
1: Vince didn't like some people in WWF but he liked others like for example
2: he loved Goldberg Well, because he can make money at Goldberg
1: right and I, I actually think if, if Sting had come in in 2002 I think Vince would have seen the dollar signs right there and would have given him some kind of world title run Maybe, it depends yeah. what world title. Maybe True, because they, the they big split, gold split the brands then, yeah. Because they're like, oh, point. Sting with the Big Gold belt. they'll be like the old days, right?
2: Well, I guess you're right, Quinn, because in O2 is when they did the brand split Mm you know two is also when austin walked out remember in like june or something he wouldn't come back for a while right so there would have been a spot for sting you think i I definitely think there would have been a spot for him yeah because triple h was one of the big who else was or michaels had just come back in O two. 2 he wasn't even full time yet the other thing with sting you have to remember
1: is when you get sting he will commit to whatever company he goes to because the same thing happened with tna he was like well i signed to this so i'm gonna wait till like it's over. <laughs> it was a much. long yeah. time he like, was not TNA. Not that TNA's ended, but I'm, I just mean, like, the end of, like, he could possibly
2: be there anymore. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved to have seen it, and you know that, guys, that I'm not the biggest Sting fan, but hell yeah, if they're bringing in all the other WCW guys that they did, they brought in DDP, yeah. Booker T. And the other, the other cool sure. thing about all
1: this, too, is that like I said with Sting, when you get Sting, you're getting Sting's going to stay with you. He doesn't go anywhere. But stay where the money is. He, right? only, li- paid, he only had to leave he would have been with WCW for the rest of his life had Probably. it not fallen apart. Right. Probably. So if he signed with WF, then I imagine he would be till with WF till he couldn't wrestle anymore. Right.
2: Yeah, which is about now. Right. <laughs> A couple of years ago. So what
1: I'm saying is, think yeah. of it this way: not only are you talking all these names, right? Yep. But then all the up and comers in the mid 2000s, like. John
2: Cena. True. Edge. Yeah. Like things yeah, like Sting that. Sting was in TNA, like on top of TNA Maybe when even those guys CM were. Punk if, because CM Possibly. Punk came in
1: in like 2008, 2009. 2006. 2006,
2: yeah. Like, Punk they, came that, in, yeah. That, like, think of that, too. So it's possible that Sting would have. Could have been with the WWF for years. You're right. I right. agree with that. Ultimately, for his career, only that man himself knows what was the best choice. Right. But from a fan perspective, yes, I would have loved to see it from a greedy fan perspective. Right. Just totally. because the the competition that Stank com- yeah. could, have, could
1: have fought would have been interesting, especially also in that transition time period too. You know, Randy Orton, Randy like, Orton, like all these, right, pe- like right, there's right. all uh, Batista. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? like Triple the- H. Yeah. It- like a good feud with Triple yeah. H. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the, the potential was endless because of the, the very like specific time if Singh had come in in
2: 2002. Yeah. Because it's transition, so he would have been able to fight all these other right. guys, too. Post-Attitude Era, but pre Cena yeah. Era, basically. Yeah. Uh, great question, guys. Both Filippo and Jamie Wallace. Uh, we're both in agreement, Quinn. Yes, it would have yeah. been great. <laughs> all right, we got another question now. This one is from Zach Prochero, a longtime friend of the show as well. He wants to know, Quinn should diesel have dropped the WWF title earlier than survivor series 95 this is a tough one for me um okay. i personally think no and the
1: reason is because i don't know if there was anything better i agree like like i with look back at 95 I'm gonna and go I, with I was you. talking with you about this before the show yeah and, pre-production um, meeting pre-production <laughs> meeting and I, I actually recently watched some of the, the Diesel stuff, specifically the Diesel stuff in 95, and listen, I know 1995 sucks ass, but... <laughs> There's some good stuff. Other than about, I'm thinking, like, Mabel, like, that's probably the worst thing in his entire run.
2: But I don't like, even know if it is, Quinn. I think the Sid feud is worse. At Sid least it, and Diesel
1: had some at, horrible At ranches. least on paper it seemed like a good on thing, paper so paper they saw did. on the Raws and stuff, they could hype the shit out of Yeah, it. in practice it was a bad yeah, not, feud. Not in practice, but my point is, is that diesel was popular believe yes. it or not like it's not like he was the champion for no reason
2: no i mean vince let's backstory this one yeah, yeah just to, sure. to be clear and i agree with you i think they should have just kept it on him until survivors here I, I thought it was a great one year reign and it ended at the right time and, and to bret hart too i mean it was yeah. a great great way to end it it was a good full circle right yeah so vince obviously put the title on diesel in november of 1994 Diesel's real breakout was Royal Rumble 94. It was good. Because he eliminated seven guys. <laughs> Until then, he had kind of been the doofy body. Not doofy, but like he was kind of Adam Bomb-like. Well, you know, he was like, also like a goof that hung out with Shawn Michaels. That's all it was. He was about as threatening. He was on the par of an Adam Bomb. So Diesel still doesn't really do much for the first few months then he wins the IC title right and then Vince goes into overdrive and he and Sean win the tag titles in the summer right because Samu with the you know the shellfish or whatever right the reason tag teams always lose yeah (laughs) Yeah. the the all-seeing Samu (laughs) yes so Diesel and Michaels have the breakup angle designed to be hit to make Diesel the face it works and people are into it looking back that was
1: really designed so WrestleMania 11 could work correct that was that was the idea right Right. break them up now and have this big long build up and it's like when are they gonna fight
2: round on one right and they basically, Vince did something that worked 10 years earlier, 11 years earlier. He had the current champion lose by dubious means. In this case, Bret Hart losing to Bob Backlund. Right. Whereas in 83, it was Backlund losing to Sheik. Right. Fans are pissed off. They do the Hogan thing. And say, yeah, yeah, and at MSG, Diesel's the big replacement for uh, Bret Hart. And he just beats the shit out of him in like eight four seconds, seconds or yep. whatever. And that launches Diesel. Great. Yeah. Now, immediately, Diesel is the smiling, like his character, it, it wasn't. At first. Cool. It at wasn't
1: cool. I would say about the time when him and Sean reconciled in the middle, May. he started to become slightly cooler. And then it just kind of it it got, it got it progressively got right. like
2: he was just more of a badass. Yeah, by the end of the year, he was. Yeah. Quinn's friend Sean, didn't do him any favors at WrestleMania 11 because Sean made yeah. himself look good. and We've know, talked about that, believe- but but that didn't kill Diesel's reign. No,
1: no, no, it, it didn't. didn't. I mean, it was a pretty glorious victory with all the women and, and the yeah. pyro. And uh, <laughs> I still don't get why he gets the person that's like
2: promised. Like, what was <laughs> yeah, he gets
1: Pam point? Anderson? What is the point of winning the Royal Rumble if Diesel just gets her
2: because I don't know. he says so? It's not fair, is yeah. it? But on paper, I'll agree with you, Quinn. The Sid Diesel feud, on paper, on paper...
1: Wanna say it one more time? You butthole surfer.
2: ...was fine, right? Because they're the same size. It's believable that Sid could lose, or that Diesel could lose. Right, right. However, for whatever reason, 95 Sid is the worst version of him ever. It's bizarre, (laughs) really, because it's like before he's, and after yeah. that was fine like 96 like, he's amazing 92 he's good yeah WCW he's good is it is it DBS and the corporation I think <laughs> it, it's part of it yeah I think they, like that the, the, the
1: smell of the corporation right. on anything it just it just taints it like, it, it really it, t- it's <laughs> so annoying they're horrible whatever they touch was crap and I was so happy when by like 96 Austin's just like fuck this and just like it's like no more I like,
2: lost on purpose yeah fuck this guy like that <laughs> That's basically what happened. Right. right? <laughs> so in that vein, I actually kind of don't mind the Mabel match. I think it's fine. It's, again, believable. It's not great, Quinn. It's not great. I hate it. It's and, very disappointing, especially
1: with' a, there's like a ladder match on my right. pay-per-view and stuff. Now, yeah, I know. Good ladder match, too. Yeah.
2: Now I know that ninety five WF. Some of those later in your houses, like September October, were drawing like poo and everything was poo. I still like kind of how was that only Diesel's fault? I still though. like the two dudes with attitudes um, team up only of course because because you your guy no, your guy wins. Everything. It's not
1: even just that. Sean wins. It's not even just that. The whole chaoticness of like Owen Hart not showing <laughs> up and fun. like like all this stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I actually I I was watching some one of those playlists on WE Network. Yeah, by WWE. the way, those are pretty good if you want just like n- short little bits. Yeah. Uh, and they had that they had that on like the Shawn Michaels or Diesel I forget which Probably Sean. Yeah. And like I, I was like, this was fun. I loved like it this as a whole kid. like yeah, like it. this was great. And like the I love the like why is Owen Hart not there? Why yeah, is the yeah. British Bulldog in his right. place? And it's like there's kind of like intrigue to that. It so it's fine. like that's why I'm thinking like man, Diesel
2: was starting to get like kind of interesting near the end of the run. He was, and then he had that horrible match with Bulldog in October. Right. Which Vince hated and um and then that was it. He lost to Brett. To answer the question, though, I still think it was worth keeping it on him that long because. It's worth attempting it. Yeah, because like, yeah. they, otherwise they would have been hot-shotting it to Shawn Michaels way early. But, yeah. You yeah, know, and which and that it would was have mu- taken away from WrestleMania 12. Yeah. yeah. And to give it back to Brett that early, Brett was in the middle of a feud with Isaac Yankum and Lawler. He wasn't and then, doing anything important. Yeah, and Pierre, which was a great match, you know, Quebec yeah. or Pierre, PCO. Really good stuff. Yeah, as much as it looked crappy, I think it was a necessary evil to have yeah. it on Diesel for the year, have him lose it at the same event where Bret Hart had lost it, right, Survivor yeah. Series? And then he turns tweener heel. I love that. Which made it even better for him. And I think also, um, if you're the
1: WF in general, and right. they didn't know when they gave Diesel the title that he'd eventually go to WCW, no. but they were probably thinking at the time, well, if we give him it for a year, maybe we take it off him and he never really gets it much after that. But he's always like, he was the world champion. You know, yeah. like that. they could use that.
2: Forever. And, and I would have a feeling that if he had stayed, he would have gotten his hands on the belt again as a heel. I'm sure, but I think it would have been a year or two later. Right, like yeah. I think it would have been much later, right. you know. But do you think it was worth it to keep it on him a year? I do. Yeah. I don't I, think they should have taken them off him. As off much of
1: as I don't like 1995, it wasn't, to me, that was just part of the overall problem. It wasn't the problem.
2: Right. was Diesel being the champion. Yeah, there was the, just a very tiny part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they should have kept it on him. So, hey. no, they should have not have taken it off of him. Thank you, Zach, for that question. And, folks, thank you for uh, submitting your questions. If you want to do that, you can go to our Facebook group. We have a spreadsheet there. Just to add your question to it. We have a few more episodes left in the season. We'll try to get to it. And, Quinn, when we come back, you know, all season long, we have been flushing The worst of the Intercontinental Champions. That's right. Get the odor eaters out. (laughs) Two more getting pulled out of the septic tank today. We're going to see where they fall. It is the Royal Flush of Intercontinental Champions, and that is coming up right after this.
0: Bobby Boy, it's me, Big Daddy Cool. World Wrestling Federation Champion. And in no way have I added to any decay. You know, Bob, you're kind of an expert in decay. Taking a look at those choppers you've got. Floss and brush after each meal. Bobby Boy, it wouldn't have happened. Belong in a cage? I'm an animal? Bob, I'm a genetic wonder. And I'm much more articulate than you. I don't have to go to a dictionary to pick my words. As a matter of fact, Bob, I wish from you, and I took it, actions, something, and I can do it. Bob Backlin, say hello any time.
2: Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 136, July 1st. 2019. Thanks for being with us here. Quinn, before we flush a couple more down the crapper here, uh, we just want to remind you of some extra crap we have available on Patreon.com. So much extra crap. That's right. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Right now, folks, if you head over there, you will find the following things. You will find raw video feeds of every single Monday show for a year, more than it's a year a now. While now, almost two years. Thing. That's only two bucks a month, and that gets you behind-the-scenes footage from before in the breaks after the show. You can see what shirts we're wearing. You can like, see what shirts we're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> very, very exciting. Here, here free preview right now, I'm wearing a black shirt. I'm wearing a red shirt or orange. Oh, I don't know what I it is. I think it's orange. Well, but you'll, have to, for you'll yourself. have to decide over on Patreon.com <laughs> yes. slash That's right. And it's only two bucks a month for the raw video. Now, if you add one more dollar to that, now that's three dollars a month. You get the raw video every single Monday, but you also get bi-weekly 1982 soon, very soon to be 1983 WWE of Championship Wrestling Reviews wow! with me and Quinn. And Quinn, that's where we actually watch it on TV, and the fans watch it along with us. It's incredible. Really. It really is. It's fun time. There's all sorts of characters, like Donald P. Morocco. Yes. And, Buddy uh, Rose. Buddy Rose. Grand Wizard. Buddy uh, Rogers. Karate Graham. Karate Graham. It's a really fun time. Sometimes there's some trailers out there for it that our friend Richard Land makes for us. Yep. So that's $3. Now, if you want to do the granddaddy of them all, $5 a month it's a steal because you're going to get all the raw video okay, uh-huh. every single week, the bi-weekly 1982-83 reviews, and every month we're doing WWF pay-per-view reviews in order. Wow, every single one. We are now up to WrestleMania three. That was our June review. Some of you took advantage of our coupon that we had out uh, for coupon. that. Yeah, yes. Coupon, yeah, coupon, voucher in England. I was told. Sorry. Sorry, English fans. And a few weeks from now. Survivor Series '87 will be coming out. Wow, Survivor Series '87! Yep. What a what a show that is. What a is. show that is jam packed, if you will. Twenty I has tack. a lot of hunky donkey man. And there's in some it. hunky on that. Yeah, so that's a fully produced audio podcast about two and a half, maybe three hours. It's a great time. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We would appreciate it if you want to at least check it out and think about it. We get it if you don't want to spend any money to listen to extra stuff. That's fine. We're not doing this to get rich, but we do believe that we give you a great bang for your buck. There's a lot of on bang on that buck. There's a lot of bang on that buck. That, so, that's, that's the byline of the Patreon. OVP yeah. podcast. A lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> so check it out, folks. Uh, Quinn. As I mentioned, we're doing the worst Intercontinental Champions this week here. This is Ooh. a royal flush. Now, these are voted by the fans,
1: right, Joe? We didn't yes. select
2: no, these no. people. we don't pick these. Now, basically what we did, if again, if you're new to the show, before the season started, we asked you, the fans, a list of your 10 best and 10 worst Intercontinental Champions of all time. We compile all the names, and the the 10 names that get the most votes, so they make it to the ranking tanks. The yeah. tank ranking? <laughs> I mean, it's all very scientific. That's, oh, absolutely. that's in our that's in the storage facility at the lab, Right. the ranking tanks. It's the ranking tanks. And uh, we pull out two names each week, and we see where they rank. We alternate weeks. We do the Royal Rankings, which is the best, and then we do the Royal Flush. Now, this week is the Flush. So here's who's currently on the list of the four, it's four of the worst Intercontinental Champions of all time. Number one right now is test. It was a test. <laughs> this really. is only a test. It's only, only a test. Now, number two is JBL, who I think avoided being at the worst spot simply because of his custom muscle. Custom muscle, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Charlie that, that, It saved his ass, really.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it did.
2: Number three is Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, he's, and, a, he's sure a thing. And number four is Ahmed Johnson, who I am determined, because I like Ahmed, but he was voted in. I am determined I mean, to keep him... All the way at the bottom as the best of the worst. To be fair, Joe, his reign was very ill fated. I like Ahmed Johnson. I know you do. <laughs> but it's saying, science. It's yeah, science. Folks. It is
1: all about the science. I'm sorry, Joe.
2: We are scientists. We are wearing lab coats. We have clipboards and beakers and shit like that and, and we microscopes. Have the beaker. The, the actual, actual Muppet beaker. Y- you know him. So without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush? Sure. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, it is now. you so going to the When the Texas tornado says something, he backs it up. It's Mr. Ass, the Premier, the Primo, the Perfect Ass. Tonight, I'm going to show you once and all, once and for all, it was no fluke. As is written hey, in the Book of Ezekiel
2: it's the royal flush of the intercontinental champions dean
1: douglas we have to say it we
2: have to so
1: turn those toilets on holy moly
2: (laughs) so folks so smelly (laughs) as we mentioned here this is the worst of the intercontinental champions and again quite that i didn't vote on these these were voted by the fans so if there's a name on here that you don't like Sorry. Yeah, it's not our fault. We didn't do it. We just rank them. We're just the rankers, damn it. We're just the scientists in the lab. <laughs> That's we, it. We, we don't pick the samples. Right. That's the samples are provided. Right. The fecal matter is provided yeah, to yeah, us yeah. here. So, Quinn, uh, we have run down the list here. Test, JBL, Texas Tornado, and Ahmed Johnson. Quite a list, really. Quite a list. Two more are going to be joining the pule here, as JR would say. So, without any further ado, let's all find out who drew number five. Okay, Quinn, I'm confused because I'm not supposed to treat her like a woman or a man. She's so neither. Just according treat her, to her. Just treat her for what she is, right? I think she's a woman. It's right? China. No, she's yeah. definitely a woman. Now, China, again, if you have a problem with this, we didn't vote for her. She got hey. brought into the tank now, of the worst. Honestly, in this
1: case, though, this is a pretty notable bad world. It is. It is. Like, it's just
2: because it's so bad. Dumb. dumb like it's just all of it is dumb. It's not like it's a good run or anything. So right. China, you've heard of China? Yeah, China. Now she came in in 97 with Triple H. Right, immensely popular. Very, and because what she was kind of revolutionary for WWF because she was a bodyguard, a female bodyguard for a pompous asshole wrestler. It was great. Right, a chicken shit heel. Yeah, and she did his dirty work basically right. uh, in more ways than one if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I mean this was <laughs> you have to remember too. This is a time when the female characters were not
1: physical no, oh. no, no, no. I mean there was sensational Sherry before that, but I mean she wasn't like they would talk about China, like she's an Amazon. Yeah, like, you know how Jr. would say it.
2: <laughs> she's Amazon. Barkon weighs two hundred seventy pounds. Yeah, wow. gun weighs two hundred seventy pounds. <laughs> Sherry was an eternity ago in WF terms in '97. Right. That Nobody was a long time her, ago. Really. Right. China did a lot of punching, a lot of ball shots, a lot of helping out of Triple H, and then she eventually impressive, DX. Though, oh, she did yeah. definitely. I mean, steroids will do that, right? Yeah. They will make you look very That's impressive. True. Yeah, but she eventually. Uh, turned face when DX turned face. And for lack of a better term, she feminized herself, her look, I mean. And right. that's not Wait, derogatory. She I did do wanted, that.
1: I think that she and she, both of them. Well, probably I, her. But they wanted to market that, right? Right.
2: So she got the implants, which DX made a whole big thing about, a comedy a thing about. Joke. Right. Yeah. She got work on her face on I don't care one way or another, but these are just facts. These things happened. By the time Triple H won his first world title, which was SummerSlam ninety nine well the day after, because Austin was an asshole about it. Well, uh, I don't blame him. <laughs> Shut it, up uh, after, no, after no, what we no. saw later Well then on. I don't blame Brett for yeah. not losing at Survivor Series, yeah. okay? And Thank like, you. It's his job he should have lost, right? Right, okay. thank you. Fine. So anyway, don't don't pull <laughs> that card so, on me. So I will mad. get very pissed. Gets so man, anyway, <laughs> right around that time, China's there when Triple H wins, yeah. and it's a big congratulatory. Pretty much right after, they phase her out of the Triple H relation, and she turns face. Now that's all that, it is. Can
1: I ask you a question? Did yes. that have anything to do with the no um, Steph?
2: Yeah. No, 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 not okay. yet. Not that I know of. No, that was later. Okay, in real life, you know when yeah. that happened. No, they just wanted to push China as a single star, which you know what? I don't blame them. She was very popular. She was over. They didn't have Sable anymore. Oh, Sable good. had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Good. And China started uh, wrestling men and had had been on and off throughout '99. Now this is always a sticky situation for the World Federation.
1: They they don't like a lot it. of people don't like intergender. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen it work in Luch Underground before. Yes. Um, not that that was when this happened. No, that was. I'm just saying. Some Fifteen years we've seen later, it done correctly. I agree. Before, it can be it, done. Yeah. Convincingly. I, here's here's the here's how you do it correctly. You just be like, this is fake wrestling, and everyone is anybody. It doesn't matter
2: what gender yeah. you are. It's just like, it's it, they're equal footing. Don't treat her like a woman, unlike Carrie yeah. Von Erick, who is not equal footing. Yeah, And you don't treat her like a woman or a man. You just right. have her wrestle, right? Right. So the feud that happened here to lead to her first Intercontinental title win was with none other than Jeff Jarrett. Now, <laughs> of Jeff, course. Jeff, if it's shitty, Jeff Jarrett's involved. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett had been doing a woman-beating gimmick. That's mm-hmm. a cent for a couple of months. He like had, an Andy Kaufman kind of yeah, thing, right? Like, yeah, basically an updated Andy Kaufman. But he had done it in a more aggressive, less comedic manner. Right. He had won the Intercontinental title at the SummerSlam of 99, and he was putting the figure four on people. I think he attacked Vivian Garcia, who was really new. For whatever reason, Cindy Margolis made an appearance, the who? model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine, Quinn. Don't worry yeah. about it. You're kidding me! What the hell is Jared doing? And uh, it eventually led to him attacking all sorts of women. Finally, China had enough of it. I'm going to, or whatever it was, right? And they have this big feud. There's a big problem, though, is Vince McMahon fucked up and didn't get the belt off of Jeff Jarrett in time for the pay-per-view, which was uh, No Mercy October of 1999. So Jarrett holds him up for money, rightfully so, because fuck it, he didn't have to drop the belt. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, Vince fucked up. Jarrett does do the right thing. He gets his money. He drops the belt to China in what was called a good housekeeping match. Is that where he had to
1: wear, like, a dress or something? Not a dress, but I don't know, like some kind of apron. I just remember. I just remember. Maybe they did that to him. Something very not okay. I don't know if it was a stipulation.
2: (laughs) The point of the good housekeeping match, basically, folks, is that all household objects are legal as Mm -hmm. foreign objects in this match. I guess they're not foreign, they'd be domestic objects. It's so stupid because it's again
1: it's the stupid thing that like this would never hold up today <laughs> right like it's like it's, it's basically implying that like a woman's job is this or whatever and I think that was Jarrett's idea it was yeah. Jarrett's idea yeah. it was
2: intentionally misanthropic or misogynist or whatever now, you want to call now, it
1: also I have to admit I mean Jarrett's character
2: here it's supposed to be
1: you're supposed to hate him because he's hes like
2: this which i do hate him for various reasons including this one
1: (laughs) so i get i get it but at the same time it's like this is something that could only happen in um late 90s
2: wf no i don't know if russo wrote this but he wasn't around by this point in time he had just left but one way or another china actually loses because Jarrett hits her with the ic title belt however the, the whoever comes out and says, "Well, the IC title belt is not a household object." I was just gonna say, I was thinking the same thing when he said that. So the match restarts, and China wins by hitting Jarrett with that household object, the guitar. Well, you know, you do keep it in your house. <laughs> Most people do. Most yeah. people
1: don't have a championship belt that isn't plastic <laughs> and like
2: fake, <laughs> right? turner
0: has got the guitar. Look out, oh man! China with the guitar. That's not a household item, is it? It certainly is. I guess it is. I don't know.
2: So, China wins, and she is now historically, and I'm not being facetious, the first ever female intercontinental champion.
1: Okay. And at first, this seems like, oh, this is great. It's like equality right. and great.
2: Right. Cool. Right. But then, what they do is kind of a mistake here because they immediately put her into a feud with the recently debuted in WWF Chris Jericho. Right. The reason that's a mistake is because the fans are dying to cheer Chris Jericho. Yeah, and they're also dying to see Chris Jericho face people like Triple H and right. the Rock and right, right. stuff. Like they don't what they're like, excuse me, what? Right. Like, so they kinda cock it up right away because they right. put them into this feud. They have a match at Survivor Series that I believe either China wins or it's a draw or something like that. And then, why is Chris Jericho having trouble? Right. That's against, the other like, thing. The, the,
1: the thing, it's not even that Chyna's uh, a lady. It's, no, no, it's no, all It's also that she, they, the way they talked about her, I, mean, I remember this. They yeah. would say like, oh, she's new to wrestling. Right. Like, she's she hasn't wrestled. <laughs> right. You know, she's used to beating guys up in bars, not wrestling. Yeah, stuff like so that. So why would Chris Jericho have trouble right. in a wrestling match
2: yeah, against I, a non-wrestler? I just don't think this few did either of them any favors. So... I think they realized that because at Armageddon in December, Jericho just beats her clean and wins the IC title. For whatever fucking reason, though, they continue this arc, and on the January 3rd, 2000, Raw, they become the co-winner Continental Champions because of a double pinfall. What? That's not what happens! Isn't it just a draw at that point? Yes! Like, you don't share the belt. No! Either it becomes vacant and they have a match, you know, that's what you would normally do. It's not the first or last time that they've ever done
1: the co-champions kind of thing. It's the first time. is it the first time? Uh, it didn't happen in WCW
2: or anything fuck like that. WCW, okay. I'm just saying. In WF, it's unprecedented. There was never a co-champion. Yeah, and then there later there would be with McCool. Don't Lay bring Kool. that up again. Okay, yeah, it's good. No, well, okay, it is. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I it's like it's that. underrated. Yeah. But Can I just ask you a question? In KFob, right? Yeah. Strictly K-Fob, How do you have a co-champion? Um, how do they defend it? Defending it. That Triple I don't understand. Threat. It's right? the only way.
1: Triple threat. Right. The other the way you could have it happen if you know it's a triple threat match and both of them
2: pin somebody at the same time i guess that's the only yes. like yeah. legitimate way it could happen but by definition shouldn't a champion if it's a singles title be a single person shouldn't it be now this
1: was a, to be fair this is like a temporary situation like they, they they were very loud about like
2: oh it'll be resolved like yes. you know whatever and it was at the royal yeah. rumble as we mentioned i think when we talked about jericho uh, a few weeks back Jericho finally puts a stop once and for all of this nonsense and defeats China and, you know, that stalwart hardcore Holly you know, in a so triple threat. <laughs> it's weird because they have to have a triple threat <laughs> yeah. because of yeah. the co champion. I guess they didn't have to, though, because the, they could have just faced each other and the winner would have been the champion. But it, it just, the way you describe it, it just sounds like they found hardcore Holly on the side of the road <laughs> and were like,
1: well, we can't, like, settle
2: this without a third person. Yeah. Like, why is he even here? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so China doesn't have it for a while. But then in August of 2000 at the SummerSlam, she was in a match that was a mixed tag, and this mixed tag was China and Eddie Guerrero. This was the whole mamacita, that whole yeah. angle.
1: Which, this was fun.
2: They're I, okay I together. like this. Yeah, they're like, fine yeah. together. They took on the team of, unfortunately, Val Venus, who was doing nothing. He was still Val. <laughs> he wasn't a chief yet, huh? He wasn't a chief, and he wasn't uh, in the RTC yet. Oh, right good. sensor. Well, good for him for being yeah. <laughs> in that yet, but... And he was with Trish Stratus during her hat and boots phase. Oh, you know, yeah. Duster one piece bathing yeah, suit, like right. to dinner,
1: <laughs> <laughs> to dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was her like regular attire. I've commented on right. this
2: before. <laughs> so for whatever reason, because you know, because reasons, she pins Trish and wins the Intercontinental title in this mixed tag team match. What? Because reasons? Yeah. And then, not even that long later, I'd say eight days later, on the September fourth Raw, Eddie Guerrero <laughs> wins the Intercontinental title. <laughs> <laughs> I just and that's it. That's literally it.
1: You know what's really weird about all that, that Eddie Guerrero stuff? Yeah. I don't know why in my brain, but I seem to more remember the European title being involved with that. Am I, that am was I mistaking earlier. something that was
2: more around the time of WrestleMania two thousand, wasn't it? Or was it around yeah. the time of WrestleMania 2001? Yeah. I guess when the point the I'm making
1: is like the second China thing. I bear that like exactly was, that was like a
2: blip. So I guess I get why people put her on here the worst, because she didn't do anything. They fucked up Chris Jericho's initial impact by having them yeah. feud. The second thing, it was only just part of another thing. Yeah, and like it, was it was convoluted. A, she yeah. pins Trish and a tag manager, whatever, right? Yeah. So that's China's run. We'll get to that in ranking time. There's really not much to say about China's um, runs. It
1: existed. Um, they were bad. I'll say this about it. Overall, looking back, I'm not saying it was good, but I think that in an era where they were not too kind to the, the female gender... This was True. kind of a bit of respect. Well, they in a booked weird her way. strong. Yeah. yeah, they
2: booked her on par with the men. Which again, I don't have a fundamental problem with. I right. get it. She was big. And I she, like when they. I like when they do men versus women matches. Yeah, I, I mean uh, when it's believable. I right. Like it. When
1: it's yeah, when they do it
2: correctly, it's good. Yeah, it can be done yeah. very well, and this was a case where I think they booked her to be on par with the men, which is fine. I just don't think that. Her intercontinental title runs. If you want to even give them that, you know, description, yeah, we're good. They didn't do anything.
1: It's like, oh, we want China to look really good here, but the whole like, while it's made to look, she looks good. The
2: whole situation is really stupid. Correct. So it's like it hurts it overall. The co-champion thing really yeah. hurt it. Yeah. Having her feud with a guy that people wanted to cheer for because it was in. Like, if you
1: wanted to do this and you wanted China to look, why not just have a one-on-one feud? Right. Because then both could
2: look good. The problem was is that it was Jericho. I think that right. was the wrong person because he wound up stealing a lot of her heat because he's Chris Jericho. He was yeah, new there and they wanted hurt, to cheer him. it also
1: hurt him too yes. because it was like, I don't know, it was just, uh, everything it was just about awkward. it was ill-fated.
2: I didn't like it at the time, did you? No, because, I I, well,
1: it was mainly because I was just annoyed that I, I, want, I waited all this time to see Chris yes. Jericho be in WF. And, and this is doing what this. he's doing. He should be like in the upper mid card yeah. like in dot
2: China and they eventually reset that button in 2000 you know when he had the right. triple h feud they fixed it but it was just not a good way to start his run and it was not good for her intercontinental title run but Quinn we have another name to pull here so why don't we all find out who drew number 6 What is the hip-hop hippo? Uh, Matthew Bloom. Yeah, Matt Bloom. Yeah. Albert, folks. Albert was the other champion yeah, this once. this was Harry Albert. <laughs> uh, he was no longer a prince, though. Yeah, the, he, lost, is, his he lands, lost his Prince He lost his princeton. The artist formerly known as Prince Albert. Yeah.
1: Uh, he was just regular Albert here. This was post-TNA. Uh, Post TNA, Albert. It stood for test and Albert, not anything else.
2: No, not no, not total
1: yeah. nonstop action.
2: Yeah. Not another um, thing. Not the other thing that we won't say here because we're so fucking G rated, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's the most G we it's don't very cuss. G. We don't it's very G It is. It's true. Oh,
1: it's very G. Very
0: G, huh? It's loaded.
2: We don't need to cuss on our podcast to yeah. sell records. Yeah, it's true. Fuck. Fuck. So, Albert. He had an epic feud and I'm not I'm almost I'm only I'm only kind of being sarcastic with Kane. Now, how is that epic? They it's, had a good match once. It's Kane in like 2002 or He's whenever. He's good. 01. Oh, uh, sorry. Let's roll it back though. Albert comes in at the end of 99, I think it is, when, or early 2000. Yeah, 99. He was with Draws, remember?
1: This Albert. He was the Pearson guy. This Albert fella. Um <laughs> yeah. when he came in Yeah. I know this is gonna sound really stupid. I maybe I just made this headcanon up, oh, but I I, like to I was hear like this. I was like I always thought that he was like associated with like how Tess was with bands. Like I thought Albert was like a bouncer or some shit like that. Now his <laughs> Like I I was like, is he a roadie for something? I I, like, I don't know, really. just I looked at him, right, and I was like He's got this weird look going on. He's got his bulb. He's got a hairy chest. He's got like a thousand earrings. And I'm like, is he involved with music?
2: This is the best part about (laughs) him, right? When he comes in in uh, the spring of 99, he is Prince Albert, the personal tattoo artist of Draws. That's his gimmick. And they had a team, which if you blink, you would have missed this with a guy named Key. Who? Vic Grimes. Remember Vic Grimes that from ECW so and all familiar. that shit? And XPW? Let me, uh... He sucked, Vic Grimes. Let me check Key's, uh, page here Remember on he Wikipedia. Remember with, like, New Jack or something?
1: Yeah, I, I know that name sounds... Oh, there's no picture of him. Okay, Good. whatever.
2: He looks like Otherwise shit.
1: known as just Grimes, if you if you care. I don't. is that, a, like, a band, Grimes, or... What? Grunge? I, isn't there a band named Grimes? I swear that's real. I don't know, Quinn. You want me to find out for you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Well, either way, so he...
2: It's a musician. He, there's something with Grimes. There's a musician named Grimes. Yeah, musician. Thank Claire you. Elise Boucher, known oh. primarily as Grimes, is a Canadian singer, songwriter, producer, and oh, visual she's, artist. She's Canadian, huh? Uh, yay. Anyway, back to Albert here. But obviously, once Draws got injured, Albert needed something else to do, so they put him in TNA, test and Albert in 2000. Not, not that TNA. Not that TNA. Or okay? not that TNA. Not the other TNA. Yeah, there's a lot of TNAs it could be. It's it's <laughs> not the one you think. And then he was uh, teaming with Scotty Tuhati in 01. Yeah, I believe he became the hip hop hippo at the end of that so, year. I love the hip hop hippo. It's a great idea. It's fine. It's fantastic. And he would eventually become become the guy that replaced like Humorous or something as a trainer. He okay, re- so basically what happened is is Humorous was literally
1: like the worst. <laughs> it got to not. the point where absolutely everyone that worked there complained about him.
2: He's obviously not there for his his wrestling knowledge or his ability. I think he's there to bully twenty year olds. And I'm not a twenty year old. And if he doesn't speak to me like an adult, I'm not going to respond
1: there was some kind of controversy he was too rough on somebody or something. He was an asshole. Something had, there was an incident that was like the final straw and they were like, just you don't work here anymore. Fuck you! This is no and they, laughing matter. Yeah, they fired him, and then they were like, "Well, Albert works there. He's really nice. So, yeah. like, let's make him the head trainer." I like Albert more. Tensei. Yeah. yeah. Had, 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 do you ever see any of the things where he's in the PC nowadays? Like they sometimes it even appears on like NXT or something. He's like the nicest. He's like I'm really, I'm really behind you, man. <laughs> like good. you know, like it's so he's good. I like him <laughs> as like a person.
0: You know, the current roster we have right now are uh, some of the best in the game. Uh, they're so well rounded. They're they're. Technicians. They have characters that they feel comfortable
2: with. If I'm not mistaken, Quinn was he also for a little while a commentator for NXT. Yes, he, and was. he was good. And at I it. liked him. I yeah. liked him too. But that's because it was like basically his product because he was training yeah, everyone. He was, so he was yeah. like,
1: he was like, I want everyone yeah. to look good. So I'm going to personally go on TV and like pipe right. the shit out of them.
2: Very nice of him. Yeah. Now, if you might be wondering why we're talking about all this extraneous stuff here, it's because his IC title run was very brief. He had one of them, and it's during a period of time where the IC belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a theme here. If the if the year starts with a two, the belt <laughs> probably doesn't matter, and in this case, it didn't. Now, Kane had won the title from Triple H, who because that matters. Because yeah, Triple H needed to win it from Jeff Hardy. Now wait,
1: was that the Triple H thing where he somehow like unified it or something? Not yet. Or Was that the run where he it's just later. got
2: it for no reason? It's the run where when Austin had been the world champion after turning heel, mm-hmm. Triple H teamed with him, and Triple H is like, "Well, I need a belt uh, to uh, yeah. so that's all it was." Yeah, okay. So that
1: that is the, that's the run where he just got it
2: for no reason. Yeah, just because it was at that time the second most important belt, so of course he had to have it. It'd be the second uh, yeah. most important. Uh, yeah, exactly. But- uh, but then Kane won it from him, which was cool. Uh, in uh, May. Judgment Day of 2001 mm-hmm. and Albert won it from Kane on Smackdown in June of 2001 yeah, Albert!
0: Boom! I have the
1: I'm surprised that you didn't say on Sunday Night Heat. I was, like, I, that, I was more surprised that that just smacked
2: out. Was that when they were doing it from WWF New York, the restaurant? I think so. It, and and uh, Coach had hair, and he was, posted it
1: with his stupid WWF New York shirt on. Polo? Yeah. Or Did you New ever York go to that grill. restaurant? I no, there. I couldn't
2: get my mom to go because I went she there. said it was really expensive. It sucked. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, if you went there, I want to hear your stories about it. Again, we got nothing to talk about here well, with Albert's Run. So. Honestly,
1: I associate
2: this time period with
1: WF New York Correct. Right, a right.
2: lot. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I went there in February of 2003, and I believe it closed in February of 2003. (laughs) So I was there at the very tail end. Isn't that when the renaming, wasn't it the world or something like that? It was, well, yes, but here, (laughs) hang on. Because again, nothing to talk about. What is the
1: history of WWF New York? I want to
2: tell you about it. uh, Bar and grill, if I recall (laughs) this at the end of it. So here's the deal. It was leased by McMahon in November of 99, Mm -hmm. and this is at the Paramount Theater in Times Square, okay? Mm -hmm. And basically, it was renamed The World in May of 2002. Okay. Because Vince realized we can't just slap WF <laughs> on it and people are going to actually eat here. Right,
1: <laughs> like that's. I think that's literally what he thought that's when he bought that it. place. Yes. He was like, if I just put the logo on it, people will come to eat here. Right.
2: So what they did with this place is when they were running pay-per-views, they would run them there. I'm sure there was a expensive cover charge Honestly, to get in. it was just
1: a really expensive studio yeah like that they had it because everyone if you recall in the late 90s and early 2000s every single thing had to have a studio in Times Square you know Correct, that, like good yes. morning America TRL, TRL all like, those shits right like uh, the today come, show something on CBS I don't know no whatever Cares about CBS but my point is is that like every single thing that had a morning show or yep. something that was live it, it was always in Times Square at that yep. point in time
2: so they ran pay-per-views there and they ran a Sunday Night Heat actually originated from there was hosted yep. from there sometimes now it seemed like a cool idea I'm the surface like oh when there's a pay-per-view especially
1: living in the New York metropolitan area it's like I can go to this restaurant and there's all these people watching the
2: pay per yeah the wrestling right? fans right? right so it was nice to bring wrestling fans together the problem was is that it wasn't very good now when I went there like <laughs> I said that was February of 2003 Do you remember what you ordered something with fries and the fries were like Chewy and hard. <laughs> Did you order any meat? I don't remember a burger or something. All I remember is that the place was dead fucking empty. It was like a Saturday in February of oh <laughs> three. Jeff Hardy was appearing later on that day. We Did didn't you get see, to him. see him. No, no. 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 And it closed that same month. <laughs> now, this if you're unfamiliar with the New York metro area or anything like that, this place would eventually become the Hard Rock Cafe a couple of years later. Which I think we went to once We went to also. once for someone's birthday, and it yeah.
1: was awful. I can't I can't believe we ended up in WWF New York when it wasn't WWF yeah. New York. Yeah, it
2: was the Hard Rock, and I remember it being terrible. I remember, it took like two and a half hours to get food. <laughs> I just remember sitting in a booth for Fucking a really long time. awful, with like 12 people. We're all like 22 years old. And don't care. And it was the worst. Yeah. Anyhow... Back to uh, back to Albert. This is the here. kind
1: of things though that you associate You're with right, Albert,
2: right. like WF New York. You're right? Like who cares? <laughs> exactly. So he wins the title from Kane. And again, I thought that they had one good match in this in little back and forth here. I don't know if it was this match or not. But regardless, you, you even remember a match that they had during I do. this run? I do. Now, this is right during the invasion going on, so it's just a crappy period. Post WrestleMania 17 is not that good. Yeah, now, it says Albert later lost the title to um, oh. Alliance
1: member Lance Storm. Horrible! Wait, he worked there in 03? You know, in 01. 01? That, oh, so
2: still, that's early. I thought he came yeah. later on. No, he in came that. in in 01 because yeah. he was in WCW. Yeah, no,
1: I, mean? I just I thought that he was, um, he came in like 03 or something like what,
2: that. What do you think of Lance Storm while we're at it? Um,. Listen, I know <laughs> fundamentally I know, sound. I know he's
1: fundamentally sound, and a lot of people like him on Twitter because he's a, you know, a wrestling mind, if you will. He knows how to book and stuff. Right. Personally, he just didn't have a character ever. Wasn't that the point, though, in WF at least? Yeah, but even where, when he came from ECW, they kind of just were resigned to the fact that he was not, he was just serious or something. <laughs> but they, and who did they, they put him with Justin Credible or something. Yeah, I think so. And Don Marie.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it, I don't, I don't know about yeah. Storm.
1: I think he's he comes off like I think he's a really cool guy. Like in the in the WrestleNet in real life, probably in, in, yeah. also in WrestleNet.
2: Yeah, in WrestleNet, he's um, cool.
1: He, he's very open to answering questions and most things part. like that. He's a little uh, jerky sometimes. Um, I not a super fan of his career. I I do know he put on some a lot of classics. If you watch, um. I think as early as ninety four, ninety five ECW, yeah. he's there. Like, yeah. just like in matches against Chris Jericho and stuff. Well, wasn't he also in Smoky Mountain? He was a tag team with Chris Jericho. Yes, Smoky in Smoky Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. And they yeah. were great. Yeah. They, they really were. They're yeah. a good
2: tag team. The thrill seekers. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Now, Albert, on the other hand, Intercontinental Champion for 27 days, and that's it. Lose yep. it to Lance Storm. Surprising what? he never got it back. I always liked Albert. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not, like, love them. I'm not super Albert fan. I didn't have Albert posters or anything oh, like that. Oh, you didn't?
1: No, you did. Who, who had Albert posters? Someone even, Could you even buy an Albert poster on this website? Let's find Albert. Right now. now, WWE Albert poster. Now, I hope he has a shirt on if there's a poster. You know what, Quinn? I hope he doesn't. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know. How do you put that on your wall and your, like, mom comes in your room as a kid? You're like, <laughs> why does my son have a big hairy chest man on his wall? <laughs> he did have <laughs> <laughs> he
2: did. Is have, he wearing the a uh, shirt no, or not? Hey, no different than having a George Steele poster ten years earlier, Quinn. I hope that wasn't a thing. I'm sure it was. Uh, Remember, he had mine. The doll. He had the doll, but why would you buy a post? Why would you want that in your room? Some people like George Steele. Yeah, there was a poster of him in '99 when he was uh, Prince Albert, or maybe he was A Train. He might have been A Train. Yeah, he? Harry. Yeah. He's always Harry back then.
1: I was <laughs> always appreciative later on that when he wrestled without a shirt on, he shaved the hair. Yes, up. when like, he became
2: tense eye and like, all that. Thank the yeah, Lord enough with the hair. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much his legacy is being the hairy guy and being a nice trainer. <laughs> it's funny because overall in his entire career,
1: the hairy guy thing, it didn't last very long. He got rid of the hair like shortly later yeah, on.
2: Yeah, but let's I, be honest. If you're overtly her suit <laughs> the way he was. It leaves an impact. It, it leaves a scar on your brain. Well, I mean, which Bariqua can you immediately pick out? That, the hairy the one. The hairy Perez one. Or whatever his name was. <laughs> exactly. Miguel Perez Jr. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know. Can you even name the other ones? The other ones, You no. have to think hard, right? Jose. Jose Estrada Jr. Yeah. And, and uh, Jesus. Jesus Castile and Savio. I can't believe I remembered any of those people. But what's the first one you thought of? The hairy the one. The hairy one. And that's what I think about Albert. Now, it's ranking time, Quinn. Uh-huh. I know we've done our best to be in-depth about these reigns here. These been, very... Hey, this is top-notch analysis for these
1: Intercontinental <laughs> Champions here. I believe who, it is. What do we got
2: going on here? Let's run them down here again just to refresh here. Number one I don't is... even remember the first one now. <laughs> number one is Test. Okay, Tet. Number two yep. is JBL. Yep. Custom Muscle himself. Yep, Mr. No, Custom Muscle. Number three is Texas tornado mm-hmm. and number four is uh the big yanson ahmed johnson there mm-hmm. okay. i want to keep him at the bottom so okay <laughs> i like ahmed we'll see all right where are we starting china wait who china china oh china yes china. um china hmm. so triple h says chin
1: she's definitely worse she's than china. ahmed
2: johnson she absolutely is worse than Ahmed. Uh, well why um just
1: because we gotta be fair. probably by accident most of it what do you mean because didn't you say like they just didn't get the title off Jeff Jarrett or something?
2: Well, she was gonna win it anyway, but it oh, was really? just that Vince fucked up with the timing. Okay. <laughs> so it's she was going to win it. Hmm.
1: Well, is she I, I worse I, than Ahmed? I guess the point I'm trying to say is that the Ahmed Johnson was well intentioned and it seemed like it would be good. It's just it's more just because he got hurt, right? Like that's like basically like yeah, and
2: you can't really like fault that I think Ahmed's is the most well intentioned here. Yes, definitely. Tornado's is close behind, but yeah. Tornado was like a Tornado was a fill in. Right. It wasn't supposed to be him. It was supposed China to be intention China was intention. I mean, they were pushing her. The problem is that, see, Ahmed got hurt. China, they booked her on. Right. She's got to be definitely worse than Ahmed in Texas. Though, well, right? I mean, here's the thing when we're talking worst intercontinental champions, mm-hmm. it's not all on the wrestler, it's also the way they booked them. Mm hmm. You can't just say, well, don't hold it against the wrestler well, I mean, that they were booked this, this way. this was pretty hideous. It's the China way, thing. yeah, the way they were booked makes them good or bad.
1: Ahmed, he just wasn't booked because he was he couldn't be. So that's, there's nothing you can really say about that.
2: He would have had a great run, I guarantee you. Texas Tornado,
1: you. it's like a respectable booking. It's just like, it didn't catch on. Like, it wasn't like yeah. poorly booked. I don't know, yeah, okay, so. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't
2: catch on. Yeah, China, ugh. You know what grinds my gears about the China things, the co champions? That part is the worst part. It really is. Seriously. Now, honestly, I can't say she's worse than Jubble. Is she even worse than Tornado? She's
1: worse than Tornado. You don't think she's better than yeah, Tornado? Yeah, because I think Tornado it, out of all of these, I really think even though Tornado's not like four, he could be because it's just well, it was like an
2: actual run.
1: Like you know what I mean? It wasn't nothing. Like it kinda was, like
2: Steamboat. Yeah. It was it was Steamboat was Eight weeks or something like that, but right. at least it was a real run with the tornado. I think it was even longer, right? It was three and a half months or yeah. something like that. Yeah, defended on the house show loop,
1: right? And it's not like it was like like disrespectful to the title or anything. It's it was like, just boring. Like and... Eric is a very respectable guy in that right. time period. Like it's not like he's nobody. Okay,
2: uh, you think China's better than JBL though, right? Yes, <laughs> custom muscle I outstanding. Mean, listen,
1: is the <laughs> test. Test again.
2: Test is, was only
1: existed so they could do that unification thing. JBL was the only existed so he could retire.
2: Yeah, win the grand slam and then retire. Right.
1: right? So I, like those are automatically worse than China.
2: <laughs> well, at least with China, they were trying to do something. Okay, I can accept that. Gwen, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. They gave her a push. It's just that once she won it, they fucked up who she feuded with. Yeah, that's basically it. And then they gave it to her again for no other reason than to lose it to Eddie Guerrero.
1: Yeah, so China number three, right?
2: I think that's fair. I think I agree with you with the Tornado and Alma Johnson is being well-intentioned. Yeah, and there's some... Well, I there's mean, some Johnson,
1: there isn't anything. I know. But Texas Tornado, there's definitely something there. I'm kind of surprised, actually,
2: like Texas Tornado is technically not... I know. It, him and Ahmed can almost go either one yeah. could be the best of the worst. Yeah. You're right, China's definitely better than JBL and test, because at least with China there was a push, there was a story, there was something. No one fucking cared about JBL. Or test. Or test. Yeah. So China number three, that, yeah. that easy? Okay, China number three. Okay, yeah. fine. Now, Albert. Albert. What the fuck here? Because, look. <sighs> I don't even know, like... I know, someone See, here's the thing, is like, I barely remember this. Someone said there should be a royal ranking of who cares, also. Yeah. Like, a royal who cares. There should be. <laughs> with, especially a lot of these, because it's like, What? Like honestly, like how do, are these a thing that exists? Well, I think the thing is, Quinn, is that as we've mentioned, after ninety nine, the title was flopped around between so many people, so many times in short little bursts. Albert is like the very definition of that. And so is Test, right? Yeah. I mean, those two now, are literally the definition now, of okay, that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: say this right now. Say it Al- right now. Albert is worse than China, like without question. I don't even have to think about that. Like he has to be. Like yeah. Because there's, like, no reason he has this happened. No. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, Kane didn't need it anymore or something. And, and we maybe we wanted Lance Storm to have it later. Because we were like, what are we going to do for August or something? Here's like the, that, that's literally, <laughs> like, like that that's, that's, like, how that title worked back then. It was like, that's my we're going to, like, it. dedicate it to somebody for a month, and then they're going to move
2: on to the next guy that we want. That's what I don't like, Quinn. Let's Let's get under, let's get into this for a yeah. second here, right? Whereas, whereas in the 80s and into the rest of the 90s, the title had a purpose. It was to build storylines. It was to help get people over. It was to create exciting feuds. What do you honestly think? And I don't know the answer to this. If you guys do, let us know. Mm -hmm. What was the point in 2001 by (laughs) 2001 of making someone the Intercontinental Champion? Like, What did it matter anymore by that point? To have someone hold this fucking ugly looking belt and say they were the champion. <laughs> so what here, did it do? Okay, anymore? this was what I think the thinking was, but they weren't understanding
1: that it didn't mean anything anymore. But okay. thinking was this is let's take a person, right? Right. Who we're not giving enough screen time to right? They're Maybe they're new. Maybe they've just languished for a bit. Right. Let's give them this title belt for a month and see if they catch fire. Like, I think that's you like think? what they were doing with it. You think that's all it was? Yes, it was just designed to be hot potatoed so that they could like if it, they would hope basically if we throw it at everyone, somebody's going to catch fire and then maybe they can eventually move to the world title ranks like Randy Orton. For Isn't example. that a horrible
2: way to handle this belt, though? Because it- oh,
1: it's hideous. <laughs> it, well, here's the thing, too, about it is that what, it kind of was the same thing always before that. However, the main difference was is that they would let them hold it for like six, to, six months to, to a year. Because of the slower-paced booking right. back and then, then, they would, and then. And then they'd be like, if they worked out, they'd push him to the world title. If they didn't, they would just get like away, like the Honky talk Man or something.
2: And Carrie Von Erick would be another, yeah. right? Guys right. like that. Okay, so you think that Albert is unfortunately a victim of this time frame of being champion. It's just
1: the shortened version of
2: that. Yeah. Like You no, know what I mean? Yeah, because no one had a long run in 2000, 2001.
1: No one did. Well, they had a short attention span with it. They would just be like, well, if it doesn't work out a month, fuck them. Like, it's like, they, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't let them do anything.
2: Don't you see the Catch-22 in that, though? Because the reason no one cared is because they've been hot potatoing it around. Yeah, but they. But you also remember
1: how the booking was back then. That's yeah, what I'm saying, every, Everything was hot potato. No the more- world title was hot potato. I know
2: it was, but you they know? had no competition by this point. Again, they don't care, so it's like, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. I guess so. So you think, as a result of the time period, the fact that his reign really didn't matter, Albert is worse than China? Yeah. Is he worse and than like JBL? Somehow is worse than
1: China, and they're in the, kind of the same time period, too. Do,
2: do you think Albert's is worse than JBL? Um, <laughs> at least he is, that, had the good Kane match. This is h- hard.
1: Because right. I think they're very comparable. Okay. Um, with
2: JBL, at least there was a story.
1: <laughs> I guess. Like, Albert,
2: there's literally nothing. You want to make him number two, then and put JPL. It's JBL like, a, it's, like a, it's, it's literally a random cane yeah, kid. Yeah, but like, JPL's thing sucks too. But he's got custom muscle. Yeah, you're top right. Okay, that he could be number three. want to do that?
1: When you get when it when it's between that kind of stuff, this nothing stuff. Yes, I think the custom muscle is really going to help JBL in the long run. Here okay, on this list. <laughs> so- like, <laughs> And the uh, and the uh, he gets fired or quits or whatever he does. It's like it's like oh well we don't have to see JBL wrestle anymore. That's a plus
2: right there. All right. So between Albert and Tess, we think Tess is still worst, right? Uh, yes, because <laughs> because is. like
1: literally it was designed to unify the title to Edge. Like he's just this like stand-in so that because he needed like a like a
2: human being
1: there. <laughs> like I could I could have taken Tess's spot like. And then Edge just beats me on the pay-per-view.
2: I would have paid good money to see that Quinn to see yeah. f- if fifteen-year-old Intercon- Michael Quinn be the Intercontinental <laughs> champion for you know a week and
1: then just get like I'm like Michael Pena or something. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is,
2: look it up. He was the commissioner you know, <laughs> Ra- 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 or raw GM in 2007 yeah. for a night.
1: The new main event for Backlash will be John Cena. Versus Randy Orton. Whoa. Versus Edge. Versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship.
2: Anyway, all right, so I think I'm finalized here with you. So test uh, stays number one. Let's run down the flush here for... This week. Sure. Oh, good lord here. This I know you list lo- is hideous. I know you love the music too, don't you? It's so good. I know. So
1: for, for this week here. It's fucking music. It's man.
2: good. Number one is still Tess, but number two is a real number two. His name is Albert. Number three, JBL, hanging on to that custom muscle legacy yeah, there. The, the custom muscle really <laughs> taking him far on this list. Number four, China. Not a bad spot, yeah. honestly. She's not nowhere near the top there. Number five, Texas. Tornado at number six. I'm very proud of him. He's still hanging on to the bottom spot. Ahmed Johnson, folks. That is our royal flush mm-hmm. of Intercontinental Champions. Very scientific it's rankings the here. Most scientific, worst in depth people ever. In depth analysis, folks. Let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or you can join the group. Quinn, when we come back, we are going down to Disney MGM. It's worldwide, baby. WCW time right after this. <laughs>
0: He's charting a course for danger. Let's do it. On a high-tech ride of a lifetime. Thank you. RJ Hurricane Spencer, commando for hire. I'll rip your heart out through your throat. Ouch. Get ready for the hottest hour under the sun. Terry Hulk Hogan, Chris Lemon and Carol Ault.
1: See you in paradise.
0: Thunder
2: in paradise. And now back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 136. And, Quinn, before we review something, did you know, and I'm, I can't remember if you know, there's other wrestling podcasts out there? I may know about this. Okay, um, I'll, I'll tell you just, just in case. Can you give me the rundown? Yeah. Now, folks, there are other independent wrestling podcasts that do similar things that we do. You know, they scrap through that independent podcast circuit. These are not the Blue Chew people. You know, no. these are not the Conrad people. Not yet, at least. Not yet, at Until least. Blue Chew comes a knock-in, then everybody <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we need Bluetooth. That's right. So check out Three Friends of the Show, please. You can check out the wrestling podcast about nothing that's hosted by two guys that have worked in the wrestling business, and they bring that perspective as insiders, so to speak. But they were also fans, so you're going to get a a mix of retro, current, perspective. Really fun show. It's hosted by a referee that is definitely retired, Mike Crockett. retired person. Extremely retired. Yeah. And a current wrestler that currently wrestles in Ring of Honor. His name is the brawler, Brian Malonis. He is also known as the Wine City
1: Whaler. Now, I want to note something on this show this week. He's got a new shirt out that says beer, beer,
2: beer, beer. I don't and get then it that. says
1: more beer on the end. because I'm confused because he's the Wine
2: City Whaler. Yeah. I say he should have a shirt that says wine, 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 and wine, wine, and more, wine, and and more wine. wine. Get on it, Malonis. Yeah. But really, check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. Good show. Great guys. You know, we know them. We've been on their show before and we actually got to meet them and right. really great guys. Check out their show. It's the wrestling podcast about nothing. Another guy, Quinn, that we met, he has a show and he has a show that comes out on Thursdays and it's very critically acclaimed. All course. the critics, they're talking about it uh, yes. around the world. Um, <laughs> That's right. Global phenomenon, global really. Phenomenon.
1: Um, phenomenon. Even. Phenomenon. Yes. But, uh, Famitsu magazine <laughs> gives it 10 stars
2: or whatever they do over there. Sushi X was very impressed. <laughs> Sushi X was super impressed with the last episode i heard (laughs) and that is an episode of greetings from allentown hosted by one quirky fellow that we met uh his name is peter winston and he hosts a really cool romp through the world of retro wrestling in a different way than we do because he will take a single episode of something anything 80s 90s whatever but he'll talk about so much other stuff Mm -hmm. that you'll forget you're listening to a wrestling podcast and that's actually kind of a good thing the way he does it it's greetings from Allentown, check it out. And also, if you like your Ratro restaurant with a trucker hat, check out Book in the Territory with Mike Mills because they truck through those territories, when I they mean, got, they are. they have all the grits. They have so much grit. They have coleslaw. Yeah. Don't forget the coleslaw. Uh, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, barbecue hat, all sorts of great stuff in they the go southern to high ring. Yeah. And They <laughs> Go buy a swimming fuel. <laughs> on that on every episode they do that. Lots of tractors, yeah. things yeah. like that. It's Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. They do two shows. One is on Smoky Mountain, and one is on the NW slash WCW. So check out our three friends of the show, please. It's the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory with Mike Mills. And I also want to mention one more thing. I've been putting this out on Twitter recently. If you have a podcast or if you are thinking about starting a podcast, I'll be happy to help you out. My wow. name is Joe Morata, and I can edit your podcast or give you some tips and things. You can contact us just email ovppodcast at gmail.com. I'll be happy to help you and I mean that. Okay, let me know. Anyway, Quinn, we're reviewing something now. Yes. A couple of weeks ago we reviewed uh WCW main event, the final one it was from great, really. Of and I swore <laughs> that we would never do another WCW, that I would never recommend another WCW, that I would never ask for another WCW, so I picked this one. Yep. <laughs> I did not I didn't do this, folks. WCW worldwide from June twenty fifth, ninety four. Now what happened why? you change your yeah. ways? Isn't WCW the greatest show? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, folks. I actually happen to really like 94 wcw i know you do and i needed a palate cleanser because the 1998 that we did with the sting hogan thing and court injunctions (laughs) and cheese voice and Lee marshall just (laughs) it was it was great irritating the shit out of me so fun two weeks ago so fun i decided why don't we hop into a period of time that wcw was on the cusp of changing and for the better so much potential here right and there was a lot of good going on. And we're going to see some of it, but not the whole breadth of it. You know, there's a yeah. lot of good stuff that we don't get to see.
1: There's a lot of stuff in here that they just ended up not doing
2: as yeah. much, which I was surprised. Right. But I really do, in earnest, I really do like 1994 WCW. For whatever reason, it's just, it, I really enjoy it. So we picked an episode here of WCW Worldwide. Like I said, June 25th, 94. I want to set the stage real quick for you in the world of WCW. Rick Flair had been uh, their face champion again. He had defeated Big Van Vader at Starcade mm-hmm. 93. Yep. He was the man. and Now, he defeated him for
1: the WCW belt. Sting was the international champion. Right. This was when they just split off the NWA. Yeah, so in September 93. They had two belts for a little bit, but yep. they, and now recently
2: they've done away with that. Yeah, that gets unified. We'll cover that. Yeah. Sting had won his from Rick Rude right. in 94, and we got a lot of good stars in WCW at this time. We had Cactus Jack, Mm-hmm. We had Kevin Sullivan. They were actually a team. Harlem Heat was there. Not as pushed as they would become, but they were there. Johnny B. Babb was there. Uh, Mr. Wonderful and yeah. Romeo Roma. Ro- Romeo Roma. Yeah, yeah, they were there. Bunkhouse Buck. Bunkhouse Buck was there. Terry, Terry Funk. Funk. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Steve Austin. Ian Anderson. <laughs> Ion Anderson. Brian Pillman. Lots of guys, right? Yeah. Great roster, lots of good stuff going on. So it's just a happy time here for WCW. It's an exciting time, honestly. And they're adding in a new fella um, from the WF. Yeah, that's right. You might have heard of him before. Yeah, we'll see who that is, right? So let's get into it, guys. It's WCW Worldwide, which we've talked about Worldwide. We've reviewed Worldwide. It was one of their syndicated shows. And in 94, it was... uh, eh, It's still actually like... I'm surprised at the budget on this shit. Oh,
1: yeah. This is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay we need to say this right off the bat go ahead this comes from disney mgm right now yes this is like brand new in the partnership where eric bischoff was trying to save money or whatever yep, yep. but in saving money because they were on the lot of of MGM. mgm they were able to use the actual assets it's great as part of the deal and the entrances on this fucking show are insane yes now you may re- recall like in the other WCW shows we've done, they've been with the spinny ring and that like weird ride. Thing yeah, the ride whatever. audience yeah. and all that bullshit. <laughs> but this is like right before that. Yeah, this so is th- great. Literally, the ring is on like the back lot it's of, awesome. of, of Disney MGM. Yeah. It's incredible. They're and outside. you'll wait till you hear about these entrances. Yep. You're not going to believe this shit. It's, it, it's insane. It's great. So yeah. here
2: it is, folks. It's WCW Worldwide, June 25th, 1994. We get the classic worldwide theme to open with a shot of that Disney MGM,
1: Quinn. Yeah. There's a very WCW versus the world video game style like graphic like that's like the, yeah. the title card of the show <laughs> it looks like it, you're and right and then that fades into another graphic which looks straight out of the hbo feature presentation <laughs> from like the 80s style like where it's like zooming in over like a clay yeah. like like fucking <laughs> city or something mean, yeah. except it's disney world <laughs> instead right. and, and the like fake man's chinese theater that they had like you know what <laughs> I i'm know talking exactly about exactly
2: what you mean yeah. uh tony shivani the A announcer, that's great. And Jesse Ventura, welcome us.
0: Tony Schiavone, Jesse the body Ventura this past Thursday. Clash of the champions, the Hulkster Hulk Hogan made his intentions known that he wants the WCW world title and he wants the nature boy, Rick Flair. Well, I'll tell you what, the shoe seems to be on the other foot now, Tony.
1: Wow, so this show wasn't always Scott Hudson and Cheese, like, farting around in, like, a nothing studio? No, isn't that yeah. great? It's great it's to
2: amazing. have good announcers here. Uh, Jesse, by the way, is dressed in a very stylish gray suit, Quinn. Yeah, he looks like a politician. Oh, wait. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he actually was uh, the
1: mayor of... Munchkin City? What, what's he <laughs> the mayor of at this point? I was
2: the mayor of Munchkin City, Monsoon. <laughs> no, he was the mayor of Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, I believe. In ah, and- Brooklyn Park, but m- in Minnesota. In a- not, m- Brooklyn. Not, no, not Brooklyn. No, not Brooklyn. <laughs> Oh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn? And he would eventually parlay that into becoming the governor of Minnesota in 98. Quinn, he's bald here, except for a very prominent rat tail on the back of his head. He's very stylish. Very stylish. So they throw us immediately, Quinn, to Hulk Hogan signing.
1: I've got to say, it's strange seeing 90s Jesse talking about Hulk Hogan. Isn't it? Because he leaves like right after this, right? Uh, September. Yeah, like very, (laughs) very quickly because Hulk Hogan is like, brother, I own this (laughs) company now. And Jesse's like, peace. It's like, fuck this place.
2: So we fade into the infamous contract signing with gene saying legal beagle well, I, yep. he really says that a yep. little legal beagle you see to it that this signature is a fix Hogan signs the contract and then holds it up for all to see while Jimmy Hart dances around like a toddler with a crap in his pants. <laughs> this is notably the worst thing I ever. I hate it! Like,
1: I this w- is the thing that me and Joe hate so much, where he's thumbs like, up, thumbs Hogan. up, Hogan. Jimmy Hart literally prancing around. <laughs> like the megaphone going, Jeans oh. like, this is the greatest day in wrestling! Like, Put your John Henry on this, yeah, which Johnny's is not even not the right, not, not even the right phrase. Hancock. How did he
2: fuck that up? <laughs> John Henry was a steel building, man. Yeah, He, wasn't, <laughs> he didn't sign things. No, this is Hancock, it, John Henry! Hogan, of course, says it's the greatest day in his career. Shut up! Everyone's seen him take on all comers, you know. I want to puke. <laughs> this is horrible! And of course, Quinn, he has to shoehorn in his body slamming of Andre the Giant. Really laying
1: it on thick, Hawk. <laughs> well, fucking ridiculous. Of
2: course, Quinn. Andre did die right after that body That's, slam. So. Yeah, and then Hogan mm-hmm. took his boots whatever he did, I don't know. Yeah. Hogan says, Quinn, the only way he can be immortal in the WCW is to beat the man. He's gonna instill vitamins in the, w, in the WCW. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And he says his goal is to be the most powerful man in WCW. Just, come on! (laughs) He did achieve that goal. It's garbage! And then he goes into this awkward scenario of how he's going to bend Ted Turner over a table and force him to say yes.
0: And when I get Ted Turner by his we're going to find out who the most powerful man in the WCW is. Because as I bend him down all the way to the table, Ted Turner someday will say, Yes, Hulk Hogan!
2: And we then cut to uh Flair from WCW Saturday night, and Flair says, Who is Hulk Hogan anyway? Good, fuck Hogan. Like Rick Flair just had this
1: like he finally got he unified the tiles. Yes, no, none of this crap he beat Sting. And, and Hulk Hogan just started, Brother, I'm the number one contender. It's like who the hell did you even fight?
2: Like what is he talking about? So Flair is pissed about Hogan charging in. And says he's not the world champion, and he's not even here yet. And yeah. Flair has a good point. Hogan hasn't wrestled yet. And now we cut to a CGI background promo of Hogan with Jimmy Hart. Hoke with a rare use of bros instead of brothers. <laughs> you notice that one? That was weird. He's trying new things out. <laughs> he's in the WCW true. now.
0: I know there's a big dark cloud hanging over the WCW bros.
2: He says he doesn't mean to be posing and hanging out when the parking lot looking good. (laughs) He says this while he's posing, by the way. I don't mean to be (laughs) doing this. But Quinn, he knows his mission here and he calls out the WCW hierarchy such as Eric Bischoff and Bill Shaw. Seriously, fuck off. Hi Shaw. (laughs) Hogan says he's planned his work and now he's gonna work his plan. In fact, the other day at his hotel, the number one Hulkamaniac of all time called him Jane Fonda. What? <laughs> what? Excuse me? This no, gets weird. Very weird. Of course, it's Ted Turner's wife. And yeah. she was very upset, Quinn, that Ric Flair defeated Sting. I'm with sure the help she even knew Sherry. that was happening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm,
1: sure she, yeah. I'm
2: sure she watched Clash of the Champions on TNT or whatever. <laughs> she was very upset that Flair had help from Sherry to win uh, and unify the titles. And she wonders what Hogan's going to do about it. So Hogan again threatens to do weird fetishy things to Ted Turner involving neckties I, and Jane Fonda being at the helm. This is disturbing. What's his problem? I don't, this is weird imagery even for Hogan. Very upsetting, like you said there. Yeah.
0: We're going to get a hold of Ted Turner by hook or by crook, even if we got to twist this with Jane Fonda at the helm.
2: To ringside Quinn, where the outdoor arena for this one is awesome.
1: Wait, what the, like, what is, it's amazing. Like, I know, it's I, I'm, so I'm like, good. I'm so fascinated by this because did they ever do this again after this taping? Like, it's, I can't remember if they incredible. ever did this, this lot again. Do you wanna, I don't know. Like, do you want to set the stage with this? Like, what, like, can you explain to them, like, what
2: the fuck is, because this is, like, I mean, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They're outside. Right. They're on a back lot of MGM Disney Studios, right?
1: So I guess picture um, when they're at, like, Club Med or whatever that is Club you know, Med? That's know, where old like, people like, go. Like, Nitro is on that Panama Beach Panama Beach or whatever yeah or the what's the other outdoor one where they threw Rey Mysterio into
2: the thing oh yeah where is that one that's also outdoor in Orlando right yeah but it's it's not this
1: but imagine that so it's like open air but even on top of that it's open air but there's some kind of over thing in case it rains it's really like well Set up, let's put it that way.
2: And to give you an idea here of an entrance, an old car drives Fly and Brian Pillman to the ring. Right. So, how we were saying it's a back lot, right? Yep. So, it's a back lot, but like kind of
1: like, you know, the famous one where like the Back to the Future set where yeah, it's like a yeah. town or whatever? It's yeah. the MGM version of like the town. The right? town, yeah. So, the other imagery I wanted to give you guys is imagine club Vila or whatever the yeah. fuck it is and there's
2: buildings but and there's things buildings, like that. so
1: it's kind of like the first nitro with the right. with the wall of america so right. it looks like there's these buildings on the side it's it looks incredible. really cool yeah. it is one of the best sets on a wrestling thing I've ever seen, honestly. I
2: and I remember you saying, when that you were amazed they put all of this budget into worldwide of yeah, all shows, worldwide. right?
1: worldwide. Isn't that cool? And I'm wondering if Saturday night that week was like this, too. They must have filmed a bunch of matches for because this was yeah. clearly
2: filmed when they did the Hogan thumbs up. Right. D- I can tell that. Yeah, definitely. They yeah. probably taped pro here. Yeah. I would imagine they did pro matches here. Okay, yeah. So Pillman's opponent, Pillman's face here, by the way, His in the ring. and It's the masked shadow. I don't know who that is, but I it do. It doesn't matter. I do love the look of this, and we talked about that. Yeah. It's just an awesome thing for a wrestling arena, Quinn, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it's, just, it's so cool. I wish they like, would have used And like it more. you said, Pillman came in on like a fucking car. It's so cool. Like, he's like, a <laughs> zoom, zoom, and <laughs> yeah. like, it just he's like, I'm coming to get you, yep. Shadow. It's like a jobber <laughs> I match. I who He comes is, in yeah. on a
2: fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Patrick is our referee here, Quinn, as Tony Schiavone builds up, of course, the upcoming Hogan and Flair match at Bash at the Beach, side headlock by Pillman, hammerlock by the Shadow, reverse by Pillman, and into a roll-up for two. They lock up as sensuous Sherry wanders down, holding a masquerade <laughs> mask in front of her face. Yeah,
1: she's got the same dress on that she had when she begged Warrior for the title yes. shot of Macho Man. Did you notice that? Good cat I've actually noticed, um, especially a lot of these early Sherry things. Yeah, when she entered WWE, she reuses a lot of the wardrobe yep. that she used in WF like years before. Yeah. So basically, she's smart about it. She took all these outfits over, but because she hadn't used them in a while, they seem new in WWE. Yeah. But she didn't have to buy any new
2: shit. Pretty like, smart, right? Yeah,
1: I, I always notice that about Sherry. If you look like when she um when she gets married to Colonel Parker or whatever yeah 96 she's wearing some like weird red thing that she wore like when she first entered WWF as a wrestler what in 87 or something yeah, like that like, wow yeah like there's weird like look wardrobe continuity with look Sensational Sherry. nobody that. ever
2: talks about it but I just I always notice it it's very weird that's what we're here for yeah. folks you know uh, hip toss by Pillman into a chin lock by Fly and Bryant by the way Pillman has shit stain or
1: something on his <laughs> butt it's like really upsetting I didn't notice Did you that see? one there's no. like this like, darker mark. Just on his
2: butt. Like Maybe he literally stain.
1: pooped his pants. He
2: might have. Maybe I don't in know. the car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was
2: like, whoa, it's going so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherry looks on all innocently at Pillman as the announcers have to cover yeah. that this was pre taped before the clash. Let me explain that. The gimmick that she had coming in is that she was scouting all of these face wrestlers like Sting, right. Fly and Brian. But at the clash, which was two days before this aired, she turned on Sting and aligned right. with Ric Flair. Notably, she looked. Wacky as hell. Yes. At that. Remember, she <laughs> yeah. jumps on, sting in a dress, right yeah. like, off the top rope it's or something. great. <laughs> yeah. So they basically, the announcers are trying to cover, like, well, maybe she's still looking for other wrestlers. Shavani. Right. Which I really like
1: this. Because yeah, they try. Because the idea that they're using this pre-taped footage yep. or whatever, and they're using it to their advantage by saying, like, because now you're thinking, like, oh, is Brian Pillman going to turn heel? Correct. Like,
2: like, that's so smart. Yeah, it doesn't interrupt the continuity, really. Right.
1: It's really good, actually. Yep. It, it works fine. It's, it's a rare instance of WCW's pre-taping working to their advantage yeah, rather does, than their disadvantage.
2: Because the fan at home watching is like, holy shit, is she going to she gonna get Pillman now? Because he right. was healed not too now, long ago. Uh,
1: by the way, I must note here, no
2: makeup or whatever.
1: Yeah, so you know she's a face, you know, right? And and she looks great. It's quite amazing how sensational Sherry. I've always thought this: how she can like she can be two different people, absolutely. Like,
2: and you'll see in this show, she's two different people in one fucking show. She's so good at playing that sweet innocent character, also. Yeah, and crazy Sherry. It's and all she has to do
1: is just change her makeup. Yep, and she's completely different. She's a hundred percent different person.
2: She's awesome. It's so weird. I know. Pillman with a crappy elbow drop for two. Shadow with a body slam, which gets way too many boos. Maybe they left the boo sign on yeah. for too long. Whoops. Uh, big backdrop drop by Pillman, and he heads up with a very crappy crossbody that becomes a clothesline for the win. Not horrible. 60% of the match was the director focusing on Sherry, which is not a complaint. I don't have yeah. any problem with that. So we now throw to uh, WCW Magazine update with OVP, <laughs> OVP's very own Chris Cruz. And Chris Cruz here is joined by your favorite, Quinn, the WCW Television Champion. Larry Zabisco
1: oh uh, why why what? they're doing so good the cars and the sherry and Brian Pillman and then they fucking throw Larry Zabisco on the screen sp- like
2: <laughs> why Chris Cruz is amazed that people are actually cheering the face Zabisco now that's
1: because no one liked him! I don't even think they liked him when he was a face! Because he's acting like a big asshole! He
2: still is. Yeah. So he launches into some crap about freedom of speech and you know, Lord Regal badmouth me, he badmouthed America. Please stop. Just stop. I got a three handicap in golf. I challenged Greg Norman who fled in terror. He sounds old as shit.
0: You know, I really didn't want to get back in the ring, Chris. You know, I'm living happily ever after in Larry Land. I've got a three handicap. I've challenged them all from Greg Norman to Nick Faldo, and they flee in terror. Why
1: would anybody hire this guy? Wait, why is he wrestling? They again? have Hulk Hogan. They don't need Larry Zabisco. <laughs> Tell him to go find a job in WF. Like, seriously.
2: Surprisingly, no mention in Bruno's yard, but he does say he's the greatest mat technician ever, and he was the world champion. Yeah, of AWA. Who cares? <laughs> Chris Cruz still wants to find out what he thinks of being a face, and he's a dick. He's like, I don't care, because that doesn't buy you a cup of coffee. Thrilling, Larry Zabisco, Really, what? Like, why did he do? Like, uh, why was he there?
1: If he's st- supposed to be a face, why is he not acting like a face? Why is he not doing his job? I don't know if he's
2: capable of being a face. Uh, at so this he's point. not likable. No, he's he not. never was. No. Uh, back to Disney, where Colonel Rob Parker and Meng escort the U.S. champion. Steve Austin down now, to the ring. He has the awesome like video game music yes. that I
1: love. I love like his I music. loved Austin. Steve. Now this is also the Hollywood Blondes thing. Yes, it you may is. Know it, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you're
2: hearing it over me right now. Yes, we are. But- now we have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his opponent is Kenny Kendall. Who? I don't know. I should also mention that Gary Michael Capetto is our ring announcer for the record here. Uh, another OVP uh, luminary there. Yeah. He's in the group. If he's you want to talk he's, to him. He's always around. <laughs> he yeah. is. Uh, Nick Patrick is once again the referee. Austin has very slick hair today, Quinn. And it's his Hollywood bo- blondes like chin strap. Oh, it's very chin strap. <laughs> <It, laughs> very much. It's
1: like very a solid chin strap. Very. Very. Like, it looks like, like he's
2: wearing an actual chin strap. Yeah, it's like eight out of ten on the chin strap yeah. scale. Yeah. In case you it, doing it's know. very good very good lockup and Kendall pushes Austin in the corner another lockup and now Kenny has a side headlock Austin looks awesome by the way which should pretty much go without saying here this is a very buddy Rose style where Austin just keeps it competitive
1: but like not really yeah I know at the what same you mean. time you know what I mean yeah
2: because we're referring to like buddy Rose in these 82 squashes that he would do he would give the job or some offense to make it look like a competitive match But right. he, you know that, See, that the other guy has in no control. chance yeah. I mean
1: this guy's name is Kenny Kendall like you really think he's
2: <laughs> it's, it, it should have been, like, Len, Lenny Lane or whatever Yeah, it's his name the is. same thing. Yeah. A uh, big comedic sunset flip by Kendall Gets 2 as Austin complains to Nick Patrick. And this is great. He's like, this young man has got me by the trunks. <laughs> <laughs> that Terrific. was good, because that was, like, right in the camera, too. Yeah. You could, like, hear it straight up on the mic with yep. the Austin, like, that's the bottom line, Yeah, like voice. Yeah, it's great.
0: This young man yeah. has got me by the trunks.
2: <laughs> Greco-Roman, but Austin lands a boot and pounds away. O'Connor rolled by Kendall Gets 2 after he reverses the suplex attempt. Austin again complains of... L- tight pullage here before backing Kendall into the corner and stomping beautiful gut wrench by Austin gets two and then the Hollywood and Vine which is an inside to hold, gets the win for stunning Steve good name for a finisher by the way I had good no name. idea he had that dumb finisher though it's it, like, dumb but the name is good you know I hope one day he gets a better finisher Quinn well maybe I, maybe he will I, hopefully now you know
1: it's surprising actually now that I think about it yes remember in that rock match where he was using all these old holds How come yeah. He didn't use the Hollywood and Vine on the rock did he and we just didn't pick up on it maybe they just, didn't they didn't call it by the name well, imagine if that's i now i want to go back and watch it again <laughs> just to
2: see if he used it yeah, yeah right i gotta say too we hear you know we get a replay here and hearing jesse narrate the replays really gives me like a 1990 vibe in a good way i
1: think i noted it on every single replay how like he just wraps it up with a bow every he, time and it's like every match could be like a standalone thing like yeah. it could be a youtube video yep. because like jesse wraps it up perfectly and you would end the youtube video like right at the end of right. jesse's wrap-up
0: go back to replay Boom, there's a slam right there by Stunning Steve. And here it is, the Hollywood Vine right here. Hooks the leg, rolls back, turns the man over, applies the pressure on the leg. Here it comes and gets a submission.
2: Quinn, Tony Schiavone warns us that a little later, we're going to be seeing the Swedish star Frank Anderson. <laughs> uh, excuse me, who? Frank Anderson? Who? Not Arn Anderson. Yeah. Frank Anderson. But now we go to Mean Jean at the Bash at the Beach Control Center. He has glasses in case you care. He mentions, Quinn, that we do have a new unified world champion, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Finally, the international nope, nope. world title. The big gold was merged into the WCW world title once right, and for right. all. Yeah, but
1: of course he tries to hint that Flair won't be champion long because Hogan's here. I was like, <sighs> fuck I know. Why do you have to take it? like immediately. He's so disruptive at this point in time because Hulk. like WCW has like is starting to like there's are in a m- great groove Yeah things are moving around it, It's like a, It's a pretty good program listen, actually. I'm happy
2: about WCW it's, Right yeah <laughs> That should tell you it's something It's very rare know. Like, it, It's like
1: Hogan's just coming in And he's just like uh, He's just taking an axe To everything
2: Right like, you know? like listen to this card So far for the bash To give you an idea Right US champion Steve Austin Versus Ricky Steamboat That sounds like a five star match Right Tag team champions Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan that against sounds pretty, pretty wonderful good. Uh, right? Minus baby arm Rome, Right but. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes and Iron Anderson taking on Terry Funk and Buckhouse Buck. Yeah, In a that, match where you know Iron's gonna a yeah, turn on Buck does. and Dustin. Yeah, I, didn't even, well. I don't
1: even remember this pay-per-view and I feel like that probably happened. It right? did. Yeah. That's
2: exactly what happened. So now we throw to Colonel Parker with Buck and Funk. Yeah,
1: they look like idiots. They look so stupid. Like Buck <laughs> is just acting like a fool. I love fucking him. fucking Terry Funk's like, I hate you, or I hate your dad, or some shit. Would you say
2: that Bunkhouse Buck is vastly underrated? Oh, yes. Right? What what was he before Bunkhouse Buck? He was Jimmy Golden in, uh, I forget which territory or he, territories. He's, he's so, so good, right? so good. I never understood why they didn't keep him around. He's like, awesome. He's great. It sounds like he'd be shitty when you yeah. think like 94, 95, oh, Bunkhouse. He's, he's so, so good. He's so funny. He's great. Yeah. And a good wrestler too. Yeah, he's not bad. So uh, he he talks about a chicken coop or something, and Terry Funk has like a medieval duster on and creepily whispers, I hate your daddy's guts and yours too. Yeah (laughs) that's all he says
1: very good. I hate your daddy's guts and yours too.
2: Now we throw to Iron and Dustin, and the background behind them is scrolling like it's a bad PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Very distracting. They say they're going to win or whatever. Arn's good, you know. Ar- Arn's promos are always great. Always, yeah. right? He could be talking about nothing. Orange oh, just yeah. Such a gripping talker, Arn he Anderson. Is. He He
1: sucks you in. Like, I, I don't even, I think when I was watching, I was like, my eyes yeah. were like, I was just
2: like, I don't know what it is. It's Fantastic. Like, it's like a fucking lullaby or something. Yeah. You just want to, like, pay attention to what he's saying. Yep. Excellent promo. Back to Gene, who hypes up Hogan Flair again. Of course. What are now? Yeah, really. Now, I keep okay. So this whole show, I want to ask this question, please. This whole show, they
1: keep going back and forth. About, yes. They're saying that. Like, okay, good. They're good. They're saying that like. Rick Flair is fighting Hulk Hogan, but at the same time they're being like it hasn't been signed yes, yet. This happens, so like, folks. what what is the story I think they here? Fucked up. Yeah, I, I'm so confused. Had it been signed, but some of this stuff was taped before it was signed, I probably. And, like, and, and so there's this yeah. like
2: weird like mix up going on. I thought I was going crazy, so I'm glad that you were as confused as I was yeah. because at various points in the show, I think it's the announcers act like it's not signed yet, but yeah. Gene acts like it is. Right. They're like, "What order it now? It's going to happen." But yeah. They, but at the same time, they never
1: show a one on one graphic. No,
2: like, it's very what's confusing. What's going on
1: here? Ultimately, and, and, it did happen, yeah, so... Like promos later, like, Flair's like, I'm fighting you, Hulk Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, it's like, what? Very confusing. Yeah. Back to Ringside, though, Quim, where Frank Anderson enters to very 80s music. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. His opponent is Mike Thor, who looks like Greg the Heroine Valentine here. <laughs> I love <ICV> Seven <laughs> covers. So this, and I must fucking
1: note yes. this guy's mullet. Oh, it's amazing. Can, okay. <laughs> this guy looks like Thor, Mike Thor. Yeah, Heroine Valentine. He looks like he had like short like surfer sting hair right Right, and that they literally pasted a fucking (laughs) mullet like or velcroed it to like the back of his sting surfer haircut (laughs) like it's unbelievable how
2: weird it looks it's really really epic you're right (laughs) so uh, locked up by the Swedish Anderson who is kind of like Jack Swagger if less people cared (laughs) he gets a weird roll up thing for two (laughs) the fans like boo all this rolling around shit they're like they're
1: literally booing both of them
2: Yeah, I know, and I don't know or care who the ref is. Another amateur-style roll-up gets two. <laughs> Frank looks like a moron, by oh, the way. God. Like, that get-up he's wearing. He looks even just like,
1: amateur-style yeah. trunks or Well, he or keeps something. saying
2: amateur, amateur, yeah. that's yeah. amateur. Yeah. Sorry. Shoney Schiavone Sh- 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 brings <laughs> up how uh, Hogan and Flair have never locked up on a major stage, and I guess he's right, unless yeah. you count Madison Square Garden on cable major, which I would, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is a major stage. It not a pay-per-view.
1: No, that, but it's on a, TV. I think when he said to him a major stages paper, yeah.
2: he's just jabbing WWF. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, like, it's they, they, like they why didn't up? you do this on yeah.
1: WrestleMania? Which is like everyone's question. Yeah, I agree with, <laughs> and for once, I actually like I know, agree, I agree with <laughs> Giovanni like yep. being like, yeah, fuck them. Like, we're, they're actually doing it at least. Like, like WCW had the fucking balls to be like, it's the it's not getting low house show or <laughs> right. whatever fucking excuse Hulk Hogan <laughs> Right,
2: made. right, right. Anderson with more stupid rolling around and shit like that. I gotta say, I liked that from day one. One of Hogan entering until the day he left. He's the focus of all <laughs> Tony Schiavone's commentary. It's true. It's true, folks. Rolling crucifix slam gets two for Anderson. Nice move. Still, I don't care. Me neither. Heroin yeah. time with crappy kicks, but Anderson quickly comes back with a half-ass drop kick. And then a monkey flip. When he looks like Jean-Claude Van Glacier. <laughs> That's like the, I don't know how else to describe him. Northern Lights gets the win for Mr. Anderson here that no one cared about, and he would leave shortly. Uh, now we get to see the indoctrination... <laughs> of uh the big I, boss man i've always hated this shit into like, the guardian angels yeah. can i explain the background here i didn't note it but let me explain it so ray Trailer comes into the wcw in december of 93 he adopts the gimmick of the boss which is literally the big boss man except the one dif- two differences well they took the big out they took the big out and get the big out For most of the run, he has a dark shirt because he's supposed to be a cop. He's actually supposed to be a cop. He's a real cop. He's a cop. He's not a prison guard. Now, at Spring Stampede, which was in April... He fought Vader. Great series with Vader. All fantastic. Of, yeah, the yeah. whole year is good I, with Vader. Listen,
1: Big Boss Man is really underrated, especially his his
2: series with Vader is like one of the best things I've ever seen. Once again, more praise from Joe on WCW. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this, it's this is so a great good. time for WCW. It really is. But Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle got very upset at the boss at Spring Stampede for using his nightstick, so he said he's no longer allowed to be the boss. He's so, not the boss anymore. He's, no, he has to be an employee now. But thankfully, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but thankfully, the guardian angels befriend him and they bring him in. And Quinn, you want to explain the actual guardian angels? Okay, so this organization. Yes, and I don't want to crap on it because I
1: don't know, like, if it's shady or not or right, whatever. Right, right. It always came off as shady to me because it's it's kind of essentially like a gang of guys, but they're like they're fighting for the forces of good in in the real world. Like they're like a neighborhood watch. Like and what, a nationally yeah. organized
2: neighborhood watch. And what was the main reason for that, Quinn? Because of the New York subways in the yeah, 70s. so in the
1: New York subways in the 70s, there was a lot of crime. So yes. that basically, like, this guy, the guy who indoctrinates him, he's very famous. I, I don't really know his name, but I, I, I forget his name, too. I forget his name, but I, I've heard of him before. And basically, he had this idea was like, well, if the cops aren't going to, like, police the subway,
2: we're going to fucking like, take matters in our own hands. Basically. Right. We're,
1: they were essentially a vigilante group, which yeah. is illegal, I thought. <laughs> um, but since the cops didn't want to w- take care of the subway, these fucking guys just went down there yeah. and like they did it themselves. And it. they took a, an oath. And, you know, boss man takes this oath. But that's actually I've read that that's the real actual yeah. like. So how this organization operated was this. Because they were technically a vigilante organization, they couldn't physically get involved. Right. Right. Unless, like, they were provoked, like, in a real, like... In a real-life situation. In a real-life situation. So they would take a vow that said, like, you will not beat anybody up unless somebody attacks you first. Yep.
2: You won't use a weapon, all this stuff. Right.
1: You won't use a weapon, all this shit. Basically, they went down in the subways, and essentially, they would just stand in every yeah. car. Yeah. Like, they put one man in every car, with, and they wore, like, red berets yep. instead of black berets, like yep. the Black Panthers. Yep. And basically, they skip, any criminal wouldn't fuck around, because it'd yep. be like, there's this big fucking guy in here yep. with a beret on it looks like he's in the military yep. he's gonna beat the shit out of you if you like steal someone's purse or something right so that yeah. was the idea
2: here so yeah. we actually get a shot of all the fellow angels looking on happily but while the main guardian man swears him in yeah and which weird quinn is that boss man they use his real name they say ray trailer yeah that was amazing to me yeah. yeah that's why like part of me instinctively wanted to check to see if it was real that he was really in them, but there's no way, right? Well, they might have like, hey, right? What?
1: I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking this. Joe was he really? This a was probably angel? a PR thing for of the course. Guardian Angels organization. Yeah, probably. They knew there was this wrestler that pretended to be a cop or whatever he said he was. Whatever he is, and they're like, well, he's renaming himself. Why don't we get in there? And <laughs> I guess put Guardian right?
2: Angels branding on him or whatever. Yeah. So he gets yeah. his official uh, beret, gets his T-shirt yep. and his frame certificate, and he yep. says he's very humble, very proud to be a Guardian Angel. So now we cut to ringside where some new music for him queues up, and the new Guardian Angel makes his debut, Quinn. Now, I have to mention
1: this, because this is incredible. This is incredible use of the lot. He literally comes out of a subway thing, like, a, like the actual steps on yep. the lot. I'm not even
2: joking. Yep.
1: I love this MGM it shit. It looks great. It's so good, oh, and it fits the Guardian Angels thing, because totally. I just told you the whole story about the subway.
2: Yep. Although, I have to say, he looks stupid in that attire. He does. He doesn't look good. <laughs> I mean, the Guardian Angels—the whole
1: design of their outfits—is they're supposed to look unthreatening. Yeah, which is well, just weird to give a wrestler the un- yeah. like the Guardian Angels. There's literally like the reason they dress like that is so that people know that like no, these are the
2: good guys. Yeah, like right. On the subway, the red beret, the, the, re- the white T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. His opponent is Brian Costello, who has a. Buddy Rose-type vibe going on. I don't know. Yeah, super job yeah, Pudgy yeah. and pasty. <laughs> Pee Wee Anderson is our ref. Big shoulder block by the Angel lock-up. Costello bails. Angel chases him out, punches him before heading back into the ring and landing the Boss Man Slam for three. That was frickin' brisk. The <laughs> highlight of the match was Jesse getting hyped about a Bolo punch. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that since the Crusher. Yeah, it's like,
1: sh- what? Okay. I missed the, the, the punch in the first place, and they didn't even yeah, show I a I replay on
2: no. it. I haven't seen the Bolo punch since the Crusher. Uh, I gotta say, though, Bossman has the physique of Gorilla Monsoon in a t-shirt, though. <laughs> he
1: looks bad. <laughs> it's not a compliment. It's
2: before he lost weight and came back to WF. Yeah, because he, he was thinner again in 98. Yeah. Back to WCW Magazine, this time with Mean Gene. Order the fucking pay-per-view, basically. <laughs> That's like what the That's first it. thing he says. He hypes it up again, Bash to the beach, and brings in Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. It's weird seeing Sullivan as a face Quinn, like ever. Yeah. Really Although weird. Although this promo is good. Oh yeah, I no, really excellent. like this promo. Excellent. So Gene asks Sullivan what he thinks of Hogan coming in because God forbid we go a segment without bringing up Hogan. <laughs> Sullivan's basic answer is he doesn't care because Dave Sullivan was jumped by Pretty Wonderful. Mick just looks like he's ready to get the hell out of here and go to ECW. Yeah, which is actually pretty much what happened. You know what I
1: find weird about this promo is Kevin. They bring up Hulk Hogan or whatever. Yeah, and like he's talking about Evad immediately who yeah. would become Mister Hulk Hogan <laughs> fan. It's
2: oh, like it's just a that. weird association. <laughs> either foreshadowing or coincidence either yeah. way it sucked so sullivan now launches into some story about finding big rats at a junkyard and he'd stab them i love kevin sullivan
1: yeah he's this is very jake the snake-esque i must yes. admit he makes talking about rats captivating somehow right it's like, a good it's a good promo and this is what i like about sullivan is another guy like jake where the, his promos are so good that you don't really need to see sullivan wrestle and that's not a, i'm not trying to like insult yeah, his yeah, wrestling yeah. Right, I know i'm just mean. like he just seems scary like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, there's something off about him. Even as a face. Right. Even, Even. as a face. And it's like, it's like, I wouldn't want to fuck with this right. guy. Like, it's like, it's like, because remember, he did the devil worship stuff. Yeah, and it was like, his whole gimmick. Yeah. So it's like, people really, you know, he's done interviews, like, now that he's much older, where he said, like, people legitimately thought that that, uh, oh, that like, was real, that was real. And he would, like, get people that would come up to him and curse him out. And, really? Like, they were, like, upset. They were, like, get out of here, devil worshiper. Damn. Like,
2: yeah, like. Pretty intense.
1: Yeah, like, he had a rough time when he would travel in the in the car or, uh, around the territories back in the day. Well, yeah, One of the
2: downfalls of being a wrestler with a gimmick like yeah. that, I guess. Uh, Gene says we're out of time, so Cactus doesn't get to talk boo. Yeah. Because it's time for our feature match, Quinn. It's the Armstrong Brothers, Brad and Ryan, wow! Yeah, I swear they all had this music. By the way, it's <laughs> yeah, all All these Armstrong. Now it's weird seeing the Road Dog here. They're very weird. But these are the two best Armstrong kids. Even though Quinn repeatedly called Brad a schmuck in his he notes. Is. No, he's not. He's the good one. I,
1: they're all whatever. No, Brad's the good one. I know there's good ones and bad ones, Joe. And I'm not saying Brad isn't. But Brad's like, good. Here's my thing with the Armstrongs. It's
2: Stephen is Bat. the only good one. But did Brad ever win a fucking match? Yes. To be honest. He had a push in the early nineties. Will you stop it? Mm-hmm. Brad Street. Never mind. I don't have time to explain it to you now. Their <laughs> opponents are pretty shitty. Uh, yeah. they, Paul Ordorf and Paul Roma. They also come out of a fake hotel <laughs> yeah. entrance, which yeah, I'm not making that it's up. That's really like, yeah, good. The use of the set yeah, it's great. is fucking
1: incredible. It really is. Like, they literally come down the, like, steps with the with the carpet the red carpet like and then they like walk down the street it's good into the ring it's a good it's amazing
2: Orndorf at this point looks like he should be playing bad guys on la law or something like that rome is the same as ever for whatever that's worth a crowd chants paula which could really be at either of the pauls if you really think about it why
1: didn't they chant romeo
2: why would you we, chant Romeo? We love Romeo. No one loves Romeo. Romeo, Roma. Stop it. <laughs> Romeo, Roma. <laughs> Romeo, Roma. Tony brings up Hogan again, of course, <laughs> as Nick Patrick and Orndorff go nose to nose. Maybe they should just arm wrestle. Brad starts with Mr. Wonder Arm, and Orndorff stalls forever like he's Larry's Abisco or something. Lock up side headlock by Brad, push up by Orndorff, leapfrog and a shoulder block by Brad, roll up by Armstrong gets two, drop toe hold by Brad into an armbar. Nice little sequence there. The Road Dog's in now, and it's very weird, Quinn, to see the Road Dog wrestle, A, without a shirt. I was going to say, the (laughs) shirt is the more important aspect. (laughs) And short tights. Like, he just looks like a jobber.
1: Can I I just say this? Um, Yeah. He is, uh, he's got quite the gut well, that's it, why it's no were... wonder he wore a shirt. I did not know he, he I honestly didn't know he was that gutty underneath <laughs> the shirt. <laughs> Should have called him hot dog. Jesse yeah. James. If you don't. Know Holy what I'm saying shit. There. Devil I, dog. It actually, it like Corn explain, dog. it explained a lot why he wrestled with a shirt. on when yeah, I saw this. It wasn't like, pretty looking. There. I guess he just never maybe cared. I don't know. Cared. Like, maybe his some people's body type. They're just not conducive. They're to just doughy. Things. Yeah. They're, they're, there's nothing they can do about it. Right. Maybe. I'm sure he tried. We don't like, know that. Yeah. He might not have. He you might have think just he just up. didn't work out or
2: something? No. <laughs> he was like absolute. a
1: Marine or something, though. Yeah, like, but
2: maybe he was like, fuck that, I did my time, and, and then go for it, I'm done I mean, this seriously, shit.
1: people, I respect people that go to war Absolutely. and stuff, and like, Absolutely. if you don't want to fucking work out after doing that shit, I don't blame you. That's
2: yeah. it. Armbar by the roadie, on the good arm, for the record. Ormbor- Orndorf punches his way out, tags in Roma, who promptly gets dropped, toe-holded. Drop-toe-held? I don't know how to say it. How do you say that? Uh, Drop-toe-holded. Is that that what it is? I I just made that up, yeah. Uh, Double teamed by the Armstrongs here as Brad is back in to work the arm. It's in their name, right? The Armstrongs. They do the arm yeah. bars. Roma takes control with some very exciting stomping. As Jesse is impressed at Roma's physique, he's like, he can eat pizza every night if you wanted to. Tell that to Road Dog. <laughs> I think Road Dog does. Yeah. Nice side slam by Roma. Tagged back to Orndorf, who dances really stupidly. They say, like, the holly gully yeah, or something. What? Okay, what whoa, the hell is that? Whoa. He's what? like,
1: oh, we did the holly gully. Like, that? And Shivani becomes really southern for a what, second. I don't know what that was. Is that part of his gimmick of this even, time? I didn't even know what... I was like, did he do something? Like I was like, what? They're they like, he did the Holy Gully and I'm like, excuse me, what's the Holy Gully? I don't know what that is. It's a dance, I think. Is yeah. it like the Charleston and the 23 I, Skidoo I, and I, all that? Maybe, or maybe it's like the southern version of the Charleston. Southern Charleston. <laughs> even though the Charles, Charleston is a
2: southern city, I don't know. Whatever. Just let us know, folks. Yeah. He lands a diving elbow, though, and gets caught in the sunset flip for two. Orndorf tags back a Romu, who lands a beautiful standing drop kick to Brad. I'll give him that. Heels double team in the corner while Road Dog gets scolded by Nick Patrick. <laughs> Brad rams Roma into the turnbuckle and makes the hot tag as Orndorff comes in as well. Big right hands by the roadie and a big body slam to Orndorff. He knocks Roma off the apron as well but then goes for a vertical suplex. However, Orndorff reverses and while Nick Patrick is admonishing Brad for interfering... Roma lands a huge splash from the top rope, which gets the win. Fun match
1: Fun um, a little match. abrupt there at the end though, yeah. because
2: it was like it got very chaotic. chaotic like yep. everyone was
1: fighting and then all of a sudden fucking Paul Roma just comes out of yeah. nowhere off the top rope. I'll say this though, Pretty Wonderful
2: looked pretty good. Yeah, I'll give him other credit. Other than the arm, Well, the no, arm, yeah. the little arm. I don't know about but, that, yeah. Patrick raises Roma's hand, and he, <laughs> which causes him to say, "Get your hands off me!" Wow, which is I funny. don't blame him. Yeah, I don't want. He Nick a crooked Pan. ref. I don't want him touching me. Yeah. Uh, He's we, the Danny Davis of WCW. He is. We now throw to Mean Gene with the World Champion, the Unified Champion, Ric Flair, with. Sensuous Sherry yep. Flair has a classic gray suit and sunglasses, and now, Sherry looks
1: great too. Now I have to say, here's here's what I was talking about before: we're S- sensational Sherry. Now she's got the 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 makeup where yep. she's uglied up yep, and yep, like yep. That, like she's like classic evil. She's also got if you notice, I know she does this when she does like heel and face. She gets the busty dress where she yes. like kind of looks like obnoxious, like it's all shiny, uh-huh. and you're just like, "Wow, what a jerk!" Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's great. Yeah, she's just she knows visually how to how to like play herself as a character, yep. right? Like she she makes herself look a certain way depending on what she's trying to yep. do what she's trying to convey. And I always thought that was very like, she's just smart.
2: She's just smart. Like yeah. we, we love, we've since the very beginning of the show, we've always anytime sung I a, her praises. Yeah.
1: Anytime I get a, a chance to talk about minutiae of sensational, I'm like very impressed with like how
2: she, she just has a mind for it. She's one of the all time greats in wrestling. Right. In she all really seriousness. Yeah. Underrated. Another, I mean, I know people appreciate her, but I'm saying the general, like right. I think she just flew under the radar for so long. Yeah. She's fantastic. Nuanced talented right courageous she's got psychological do anything. Yeah, like, everything. I, like i said the way she dresses
1: is d- is by design yeah always like if you ever know, if you ever look what she's talking about with how she looks right she was just brilliant at that
2: you ever want to see why i get on people like sable that's why it's comparing right. them to people like sherry Martel. right luna vachon people yeah. that are really good that's why i have problem with people like sable yeah that's all. Okay. Anyway, Flair is very proud of himself for bringing in Sherry. Well, I don't blame him. And for winning the unified title. You know, suits, limousines, all that stuff. And then Sherry, you know, Hulk Hogan's a longtime adversary yeah, for all that, these years. It's weird to think that Sherry is like a <laughs> number one adversary she of Hulk is. Hogan. She
1: really is. She hates him. Like, I mean, she started with the Macho Man and yep. they went right after Hogan. Oh, yeah. She Million hates Dollar Hogan. Million Dollar Man didn't like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, See? anybody Sherry was a... Some, Shawn Michaels probably didn't like Hulk Hogan. No, in real life, either. Yeah,
2: Harlem, he definitely didn't like Hulk Oh, Hulk. we yeah. know that much. Yeah. And Sherry basically says she's gonna kick Hogan's ass, too, which is awesome. <laughs> and they both woo, of course, to end the promo, which is great.
0: Hulk Hogan, let me tell you something. What I did this thing is going to be nothing. And I mean nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you. And immortality, brother... This man is walking immortality. immortality. Orlando, we're coming! (gasps) Woo!
2: So Tony runs down what we're going to see next week, Quinn. It's the debut of Stars and Stripes. On the 4th of
1: July episode, ah, I must note. They, they, they say that they're debuting on the 4th of July.
2: And that would be uh, the Patriot and yeah. uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> yeah, Means you don't have more of the Bash at the Beach. <laughs> That's literally the hype for next week. <laughs> you get to see learn more about the matches or something. And separately, more about Hogan and Flair. <laughs> yeah, And Vader will be in action, which is good. And Fly and Brian will be in action again. Well, we know what's going to get all the focus next week, Quinn. Yep. I can only imagine. That sounds that that whole list of that sounds awfully familiar to what we just watched. Exactly, other than Stars
1: and Stripes replaces pretty wonderful and Vader replaces boss man vader replaces boss man flying brian again i know (laughs) hulk hogan talk and bash at the beach talk all that happened on this episode yep and quinn we actually get some credits here well i mean you need credits there's a movie set good point there's probably actually like key grips and stuff on this (laughs) shit like
2: no joke (laughs) here's a couple of credits for you folks just because sometimes i like to point them out when they're notable supervising producer tony shivani Director Mm -hmm. Craig Leathers, a notable director. Vice President of Production, Quinn, is David Crockett. David Crockett. Good old Davey and executive producer, of course. Eric Bischoff. Well, Quinn, overall, and I knew it would be, a very pleasant and fun look into the tail end of my favorite WCW era.
1: Yeah, I like this show. It's when WCW had all the potential in the world. It's like Even though there's a lot of the Hulk stuff, it it still is like, Well, this could be
2: something. Yeah. Like, that's like how you're feeling when you're watching. And truthfully, the rest of their 94 is pretty good. I'll, I'll overlook Brutus Beefcake versus Hogan and Starcade. That's at the tail end. Literally at the end. I love. 94 WCW. This is smack dab in the middle, the turning point. Yeah. but it's it's great. I love this era. It's so much good I, stuff going on. I also on.
1: I know you don't, but I have a very big soft spot for 95 WW. Just because it, it's
2: wackier. No, it's wackier. It yeah. just I just don't like that a lot of the good talent is gone or depushed. Right, that's but the only thing they do.
1: They I raise know. up DDP. They raise up DDP and, and wild Man Mark Merrill, Yeah, Those, whatever, those two uh, have a great feud. Bad.
2: It's a good time, and I hope, folks, that you had a good time here as we looked into the world of retro wrestling for yet another week. As always, thanks for being with us here. And if you want to comment on anything, you can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. If you have a Facebook group, join right now. And also, go check out patreon.com slash Podcast. We promise you get a really good bang for your buck over there, don't you, Quinn? A lot of bang. A lot of bang. So, folks, until next week, we'll be hanging and banging again. Perhaps <laughs> number 137. But thank you so much for being with us here. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. And we will see you guys next Monday. See ya.
0: Rick Flair. After what happened at the Clash of the Champions, man, if it takes Nick Bockwinkle, if it takes Ted Turner, whatever it takes, the Hulkster and Jimmy Hart, we'll do it, baby, to get that match with you. You know something, WCW. After what happened at the Clash of Champions, brother, I know there's a big dark cloud hanging over the WCW Bros. And I don't mean to be out here posing, brother, hanging out in the parking lot and looking good, smiling like an acre of sunshine, brother, because I know the mission I've embarked on, and I know what I got to do. For the means to meet the ends, man. But right now, Jimmy Hart's all upset. Everybody in the WCW hierarchy, from Eric Bischoff to Bill Shaw, everybody's rocking and rolling. Footing with disaster, I might add. But Hulk Hogan, he's got everything in the proper perspective, man. I've got a game plan, I plan my work, and now I'm going to work the plan. Just the other day, as it all went down to the Clash of Champions, when I headed to my hotel room, The phone was ringing as I put the key in the door, brother. And on the other end of the phone was the number one Hulkamaniac of all time. John John Henry! (laughs)